Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. They put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. I don't think you need to touch the steering wheel there, Tom. Oh, I'm sure there's some math. So SpaceX, <laughs> here's the deal. Um, landing a rocket on a drone ship is key. Charger, 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 charger. <laughs> How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? Safely. Charger, charger, charger. <laughs> you know, I'm not a good parker, Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. I just think that this is a car company that is run by super geeks. All the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. You don't even have to I remember that. You've got a Model X. I have seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. Let's get this thing going. Uh, it's Let's do it. Talking nice. Tesla 102. 102. Apparently, I'm over-brewing my tea, according to Tom. You are. You're not doing It's not according to me. It's according to, uh, you know, people who make tea. Have I been doing this three minutes? Should I jiggle you've it been in there? Wait, you've been beyond three minutes because I made my tea after you. Did you time it? Or and did you just... Yes, I timed it internally because I know... Tom has an internal tea time. clock. ...what my tea is supposed to be like. I know what it looks like. I know what it tastes like. Okay, so uh, Robin has a <laughs> potato in a plastic bag on his eye because he has a sty and he's being a good physician and healing himself. Uh, physician, heal thyself with a potato. That's right. So, like, this is like a free MRAP edition That's where right. we talk about the best treatments for styes and abscesses with... Is it warmth? It's warmth, yeah. And mm. the potato holds the warmth for a long time. You ever over-bake a potato and you have to sit there, you cut it, you burn your fingers, you're trying to put a little butter on it, and it's steaming and it's steaming and it seems to take forever. Meanwhile, your other food is getting cold, but the potato is still too hot to eat. So I thought, wow, you could actually cut a potato and shape it for where you need the heat, like if you had an abscess or a sty in your eye or something. And so here I am with a cut sweet potato over my left eye because I feel like somebody punched me in the eye. Will you eat that potato later? Sure. I mean, it is in a, it is in a Ziploc bag, just so we know. Yeah. Just so the people know. Because they can't see. Right now, Robert is staring at me through one eye with a plastic bag over the other eye and talking into his and mic off axis. Def, definitely trying not to recall the bag and make sounds so Tom will be upset. This is the worst opening to any talking Tesla That's show. so bad. No, I think this it's a very hard I competition. I mean, we have We've done 102 shows. <laughs> We've done some really bad some ones. Some of hey, them had to have sucked. did want to uh, say that you also... Went on a recent trip. You took your son to college. You probably cried and cried and cried and cried. You saw the eclipse, and you also saw Joel Sapp. Joel Sapp. It's interesting. We've all been kind of pondering what was Joel Sapp looking like. I was actually ha- expecting him to be a pretty portly fellow because uh-huh. the picture on his <laughs> wow. Twitter account I think everybody's is of this child that's like, I don't know, a year to two years old uh-huh. or maybe even younger, and he's very pudgy and round-faced, and I was expecting, you know, like you know, like a big guy to come meet me. Uh, yeah, so we're driving from Cape Cod through to Vermont. And Joel, I, I think I posted some stuff on Twitter and he sent me a, a, a text. He says, hey, if you're coming through Boston, maybe we can meet up, have a coffee or something. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, like this is the president of the 
talking yeah. Tesla Black like, Caucus. This is like a he's a president. You've diplomat. Got to, if the president says meet, you meet. Yeah, I he's mean, a diplomat. You, you don't turn down meeting with an important diplomat. Yeah, and since the group is you know exactly what three or six strong, it's a uh-huh. it's a significant voting block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a big deal. But uh, it's weird that you just <laughs> automatically thought he was a big fat guy. <laughs> Did you actually tell that to Joel's face, or are you just sharing that with the people on this show? Did you be I, like, I, I, I just... can't believe you're not huge. <laughs> I'm just effectively stabbing Joel in the back from uh, 3,000 miles away. But it turns out Joel's a really good-looking, very vibrant, uh, and fit-looking fellow. In fact— That you said to his face, for sure. I I uh, left—we left our destination at 5 a.m., and Uh we figured we were going to get to be where Joel was at about 7.30 in the morning. He's like, oh, that'll be perfect because I get up and go to the gym at like 4 in the morning. And I was like— what? what? So you're like, hold on. I thought you were a fat guy. What are you doing at the gym? Well, aren't you yeah. uh, about two foot tall and uh, way too fat? That's the picture you showed us That's right. from 40 years ago. And wow. so, yeah. And, and so nice. I thought, oh, my God, I've already got to readjust because what am I going to see when I go into this restaurant? And so we're trying to meet and we meet in like, you know. So the- you assume because he was going to the gym, he couldn't be like instantly you went from, well, he can't be a fat guy going to the gym. He has to be a fat <laughs> guy going to the gym no i just figured that if he was like four feet wide it's unlikely that he would be spending a lot of time in the gym especially four or five in the morning well maybe he just started out so now you're just dissing all of the people Mm. who are like first day at the gym starting a new life that's true this is getting just bad you got a potato on your eye you know what people (laughs) spend a few minutes talking about that out there you know robert potato eye Rose and blue. Five minutes ago, you said this was the worst start of talking to Tesla, and I disagree. Now I have to agree. Yeah. I have to, at this point, agree. This yeah. is terrible. And so I won't, you know, I'll think ahead of time now and not uh-huh. ask for any Apple iTunes reviews at this point in yeah. the show. No, that's probably not, now, a, not, not a good Joel's thing. Joel's a delightful though. fellow. We ended up having breakfast together. Uh, we're in this restaurant. We were the only people there. Who paid for breakfast? Uh, we dutched. You dutched it. Yeah. No alligator arms rocking. Nice. And so, uh, no, it was great. Learned about, you know, his Tesla experiences and Mm -hmm. meetups with Tesla people in New England. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's just start talking about pieces of metal and lithium. I wanted to say thank you to the Patreons. Actually, it was great that you met Joel. It was a good story. Yes. Um, (laughs) uh, And he's not a pudgy uh, one-year-old, which is so weird that uh, 40 years later he hasn't grown. (laughs) He's looked completely different. It's weird. How? Who knew (laughs) that he would age? Uh, it's kind of like a Talladega Nights. I like the make, baby Jesus. He grew up, you know. <laughs> Let's just make episode one of one hundred two the Joel Sap episode. It's <laughs> uh, so good. Um, I just wanted to say I did a really good Patreon. I thought on Friday. Uh, you did. As far as I'm concerned, I as far it was as great. you're concerned, yeah, I liked you did. it. I liked it. So to uh, the Patreon people, as always, thank you very much. And I yes did you. an interview. Yes, with which we're young gonna, Katie Cooper. We're going to check on the end, and she's talking about she went from a Volt with a V to a Bolt with a B. That's right. She turned in her Volt lease and now has a Bolt lease. And uh, if you're at all interested in her experiences at the end of the Volt and the beginning of the Bolt, tune in to the end. Excellent. And then, uh, you know, I said last week that Houston made me very anxious about uh, bad things happening. Houston? Had a problem. They had a problem. So uh, I put the order in for the power walls. And you I'm know they s- don't work underwater, right? You're aware of you that aspect. You did write that down there. I've, wow. My, that was part <laughs> of my plan as I was going to put them under my boat. 
Because um, I live in a floodplain, and I thought about the Houston thing recently because uh-huh. I cannot get flood insurance where I live. And okay. if we were to be hit by a hurricane similar to that one, even though there is a mountain range between me and Santa Monica, the flat part of the city, yeah, I'm pretty sure my house could easily be under eight foot of water like If that. your house in the San Fernando Valley gets hit by a hurricane... There are bigger issues. It could because see, there we hasn't have, been a hurricane hit, hit no, this area but that's in about four hundred years. But the issue in Houston was that they got forty inches of rain in a short amount of time. Right, that right. hurricane just stopped right. and sat on top. It wasn't the storm surge and it wasn't the winds. It, it was, was all water. of that rain. Right, that forty fifty inches of rain. There's a great Patreon that describes that. I don't know if you've heard it. Three, I don't know what you're talking three about. Three-mile cube of water dropped on Houston? That's right. I I'm think I heard saying. that on Friday. That was good. How much would a three-by-three-by-three three cube of ocean water, let's say there are no fish or kelp in it, what yes. would that weigh? A lot. Four, what was it's it? It's 24 four trillion point? gallons, and then you can go to It was 24 leaves, trillion so gallons. Like no, so it's, like it's, it's seven pounds. pounds. Is it four? I thought it was seven. Half a gallon is... Two quarts. Uh, four. Here we are. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be close we're, to we're eight pounds. Real time it's like math. seven pounds a gallon. It's, uh, so that's like 20. And it's you said about it was 200 trillion, trillion pounds, pounds, which doesn't really help me because <laughs> I don't know what a trillion pounds looks like. I mean, like. it's heavy. It's, that's for it's, sure. It's big. We, we can all agree in this room that that would be heavy, right? Hey, like a three heavy. mile. But imagine, I've, I actually, when I was listening to the Patreon, I visualized. This three by three by three mile cube rising up yes. out of the Gulf, Gulf, like something from 2001 or, or some yeah, sort big of obelisk. big obelisk, <laughs> like coming out and then just being like, and then dropping it on top of Houston. I actually visualized the whole thing. It, it seemed very much worse. Do yourself a favor and go to Google and look up the three mile cubed uh, water over the top of Houston. There's a picture of Houston. Then there's this cube of there water over the not. top. Yeah, there is not. You just made this up. No, there is. There's an <laughs> infographic somebody made up and it's frightening. You're like, oh, that's why the place is completely underwater. Um, so uh, Tesla Powell, haven't heard back. But I did find a fully charged episode. I really like that English dude from fully, fully charged on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And he got a power wall and goes through the app and the usefulness of his power wall. And it's a really great episode. We like to shout out love to the good and smart uh, people out there doing other shows. And uh, fully charged is really great. Now, you told me to call Gordy. Yes. Your buddy Gordy, get me my power wall. I sent Gordy a text and I said, I am getting more nauseated listening to Mel complain about Tesla Oh, I thought Power you were a listener wall. all of a sudden. That's weird. You're... You've joined many people. Are <laughs> well, sick of me in wanting. fact, I was listening to the episode, and I thought, I can't take this anymore. <laughs> First, it was the wavy lines, the falcon wing doors. And you know what made it worse? Now it's Powell's, baby. It's because I was listening to it at 1X, and Mel was complaining like this, and it sounded like a... First off, you, were, you couldn't have been listening to it at 1X. That had to have been 3X, because uh, 1X is X. normal. 1.5X. No, that's X. how I sound in real life. I yes. sound like this at 1X. You are Can you little, imagine what I'm like? You are a bit Hey, uh, I was talking with my son. We were looking at uh, Model 3, and he was like, how much smaller than the Model S? Because I gave him his first drive of the Model S over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I said, you know what? If something goes wrong, if I get hit by a truck, I'm going to have a heart attack. You need to know how to drive a Tesla, so uh, we should take you out. He's had his license for a year and a half, so we drove up the hill and down the hill. High five. And... Uh, yeah, it is. I should never have done this. Like, yeah, that was a mistake. Man, it, did you not hear the opening of I know, the show? It was definitely like, 
Well, this is way better than my <laughs> Hold on. He's yes, like, it is. hold on a second, Pops. I'm in a Highlander, and you're trying to save the world, and I no longer like you very much. We studied hypocrisy in school. <laughs> how does this not fit? What is, what's going on? So we talked about the Model 3 and how there's one going to be coming into the rotation at the house because mm. we've got some friends yeah. coming in from out of town for a year. Into the rotation, my butt. And they're going to take away one of our cars, so uh-huh. we're going to need another car. And uh, so we looked at Model 3, he can't and I said it's it. shorter. He can't just say it. He what? can't just say he's buying his son a Model 3. He can't do it. No, no. Like, emotionally, No, no I've told my can't... son the same thing. I can't do this, so it's my car. <laughs> and you're going to drive it constantly. You get to use it, nice. and then maybe in a year from now, maybe it becomes your car. But it's my car <laughs> You realize right it's now. so not true. <laughs> that, that sort of behavior does not, like, instill independence. <laughs> Self-thinking, responsibility <laughs> in your son. And nobody believes you. No, it's my car. Because I will drive the hell out of that thing while he's at school. It'll be like... You don't drive it'll now. Be like I, it'll be... <laughs> it'll be, be... He'll drive that three like I drive the S. Right. Once, uh, <laughs> once a week to the show. On the weekends, he'll drive over to the bagel place, which is, uh, I don't know, 18th of a mile from his house. <laughs> but it's so much more efficient. It gets 128 by MPEGE versus my 80. <laughs> I've been driving the hell out of that thing this weekend because we've been going to places and my wife has some, some injuries on her arms and she's, right. she doesn't want to drive. So I drove the thing to Santa Anita Race Park and high five. I drove it yesterday. We went down to Chinatown. Oh Double high God, five. amazing. So let me finish the story. Oh, sorry. I put a picture in here. <sighs> it shows the Model 3 next to a Model S. I said inaccurate, it's shorter. An inaccurate and, picture uh, you put in here. Narrower. And I got this picture and Tom says that is completely inaccurate because it looks like it's yeah. about two feet shorter. <laughs> at least. And he's like, at least. No, it's not. It's, it's about 12 what? inches. 12 inches shorter mm-hmm. and about the, how much? The tires are 19 inch. Well, it doesn't matter. You can't see narrow from this picture, yeah. just so you know. It's but it's a about side a foot shorter. Show. It's tw- Well, it's 12 inches shorter according so about, to the so Tesla a, website. I'm not going on that. No way you're going to get me to comment there but so bad i would say this picture needs no more discussion because it's bs yeah that, so this rendering is um incorrect inaccurate. but finally oh my god this is the worst opening ever it's all my <laughs> Wait, fault have we been opened oh. we've gotten to the opening okay. did you say you start a model three on the 101 it well it wasn't hold on hold on it wasn't you right <laughs> no because i've been in uh new hampshire right. it wasn't Missouri. me because i would have already sent 85 voxers if that was the case so <laughs> mr i'm keeping secrets over there Right. No, it was not me. Oh, who was it? It was my son. He's like, well, after we just had this conversation, he's driving back from Oxnard. He's like, there's my car. And he's like, that looks like a Model 3, but it's too small. And he's like, holy smoky, Model 3. And I'm like, that's probably because we're between uh, the Fremont factory and Hawthorne is the 101, is the most likelihood that you're going to see a Model 3 in the wild is on that freeway. And he saw one. And I've been looking at every Model 3. Let me just make a point. What is he talking this about? Is, don't you Mel, think? Mel is demonstrating why his son should be driving Model 3. Number one, <laughs> his son can like. see stuff. <laughs> Mel can't see stuff. Number two, his son probably makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Oh. You don't think, I'm just saying that corridor is going to be where all the Model 3s are going to be seen. Okay, it's going to be seen around right, Fremont. But, but you're talking about. <laughs> but you're talking about. You're talking about a 400 mile stretch of highway that you to... are on the last mile and Whatever. a half of. You know what? There's People so much cool me. stuff I'm excited to get to in this show. I just hope we can get hey, to it. Do you want to start the show? Okay, let's talk about Model Three delivery estimates. Why are we doing this? They are not going to change for months. 
Who cares? I have. Uh, we don't I, know. It's it's not going to change if we don't check. Emotionally, it might change. All right. So you're still getting uh, yours between October and December, and you're still in. I don't know. I'm mad at Elon now. Uh, why are you you're mad? You're mad. mad. What about I, I'm, me? I'm angry. Why, why are you mad? Well, okay. So delivery estimate. I'm at October, December, 2017. Robert is still at November to January. I don't really understand, which leads me to think, A, the delivery estimator is a thing that is poopy, right? Because you <laughs> right. went to the store, yes. you own a Tesla, let's yes. just call it multiple Teslas <laughs> yeah. at this point, and you're still behind me. Yeah. And me and Mel were basically hammered the day after yes. on the radio or whatever remember. this thing is, uh, making our things on the on the internets. Yeah. Who knows? Why am I ahead of you? Uh, that leads me to believe, again, the whole thing is bullcrap. And then over the weekend, after constant discussions about they're not going to do air suspension, they wouldn't do that. It's going to be the differentiator. What? Mr. Twitter himself. I'm not sure whose Twitter I dislike more, Elon or the real Donald Trump. <laughs> I think it's still the real Donald Trump by about eight miles, but Elon's <laughs> pissing me off. So CNET has this article that Wait, says... Wait, I have one question for Tom. Okay. You know what this means? Mel was the first to get the X, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then he took us for a drive. Yeah, he did. I remember that. Yeah. He, he needed an, a vomit bag in the back seat. Yeah, but the, well, only because you so drove. The now screens. that you're going to be the first to get an a uh, three... So we say, maybe. Well, sounds like it. So Tom gets the three first. You're going to take both of us for a ride? Right, but I'm pissed off because now the air suspension isn't going to show up until six months into next year. My, but my I didn't job think it was here is to all. bring you back and explain behind the scenes here. So CNET yes. reports that Elon was at the Twitter ah. and was asked about smart air suspension. So this is the background of the whole discussion. He says that you should get smart air suspension in a Model 3 in about six months linked to the dual motor version. And I wasn't sure if that had come up before. And now you're telling me we knew about dual motors. They're coming. This is the first time that Elon has said, and you're going to get air suspension at the same time, and that's why you're about to yes, lose your lunch. Yes, we have talked about this many, many times. Robert was pretty sure that they were not going to ever add air suspension. We'd never heard a rumor about air suspension. It was never spoken of in the public domain that is Tesla. And there it is all of a sudden. So now... What? What is the what is the differentiator between these two cars now at the low end of the Model S and the high end of the Model 3? I would say the differentiator is probably twenty, thirty thousand dollars There's your differentiator. It's still going to be faster. It's still going to have more bells and whistles. It's going to be cheaper. But how much is this going to raise the price okay. of the Model 3? I, I would say another 5000 I did some mathematics. So, oh, gosh. Here but go. if you imagine, like, let's say this, you are not going to get this car for another, let's call it six to eight months okay. at the best case scenario. Will there be some equivalent Model S used CPOs with all of these same things? Will at some point air, air suspension, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but in one of the shows recently, we talked about air suspension. It's free. It's been included for a while in the now. Model S. Yeah. Okay. So, but before that, it was $5,000. So now if you add that smart air suspension into it and the dual drive, that car comes up to about $73,000. Mm -hmm. it, it's more in options than in the base price.
Well, I think this is, you know, this improves mobility or I should say accessibility to the car. So if you think about people who are going to buy Model 3 for transporting people around, this might make a big difference. You can raise it up. You can get people in and out of your car more easily and more quickly when you're dropping people off at the curb. So on one aspect, this might be for how the car gets sold. But I think it also might be because so many of you guys have been complaining so loudly that you want air suspension, period. This does change my mindset a little bit. I really like air suspension. Um, I want to get a car right now or I'm going to have to get a car right now. By two weeks, I need a car. So I think if you're on the fence about when to get it, now I can get air suspension and I can get dual motors. Is this going to make people delay? So then you ask the question, why would Elon telescope this? Is this going to reduce sales? Uh, Probably not because they can't make enough anyway. But it does raise the question again, as we've talked about, the differentiation of the highest end Model 3 and the lowest end Model S, the money value is not going to be too much between it. So the differentiator is going to have to be now just in speed, how fast it accelerates, and in size and the hatchback. And is that enough to keep people away from buying Model S's? They really want them to buy S's because they make more profit probably. So are you going to now postpone, Tom? What are you going to do? I don't even want to talk about this anymore. I don't even want to talk about the Model 3. I don't want to talk about the Model S. I'm out. All right, let's no, talk, kidding. Let's talk about it's the Let's talk about the Leaf. You have a daughter. She needs a car. Yeah. And now you're thinking about getting a Leaf. Talk yeah, to so you make a list. So you have a teenage driver. I have a teenage driver. Uh, safety is a big concern. The car that she's currently driving, nobody in my family besides myself feel like it's a safe vehicle. Uh, sorry, Lexus. For it was built about forty-eight years ago and doesn't have seatbelts, so you know it does have seatbelts. Not a Model T, for God's <laughs> sakes. It's a Model T electric. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so she wants a new car. The, my wife wants me to buy her a new car, and so I'm looking. And if you look at the safest cars. It's a Volvo S80, S60. That's the safest car. That's not the electric car. Right. That's not nope. the planetarily safest car in the world. And per cost, you can buy that car versus a Leaf. You can get a Leaf about the same price tag if you're looking for in the used marketplace. So, gentlemen, would you would you care to discuss? <sighs> I'm looking forward to the Model 3. Get a Model 3. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to the Model 3. That car, Safe, electric, long range. You need a car in two weeks, Herbert. Don't don't try to him. cop out on me. What are you getting him? Rent a wreck. Rent a wreck. I know. I understand you're, we've got a couple of uh, letters that say the same thing, that this is all very good. Model 3 is fine. And uh, you guys, are, it's great, great, great. But for so many people, the Model 3 is still just way too expensive. When you yeah. can go buy a gas car for $15,000 mm-hmm. and it'll go as far as you like because there's lots of gas stations. These electric cars are great, and we want them, but they're still not cheap enough. And that's why I agree. I think it's the next iteration of car that really becomes the mass market car. You need to have the price again. And then the the second-hand well, versions of those are coming in at $10,000 four years from now, and they do 300 miles. Everybody will have electric Or car. if you're someplace that has those super, super cheap deals on the Volt, and I know the lease deals on the Volt, and I know you don't like that that aspect no, of it, but there's it's... about, you know, there's people getting, you know, a thousand miles a gallon if they sure. have a short sure. enough commute, and that's, you know what, that's pretty good. And if you can get into that car for 90 bucks a month, the only reason mm-hmm. I wouldn't consider that for my daughter is because she's a teen driver. Getting her a leased vehicle might be on the sort of financially dangerous side if she, like, 
bonks into things with it. Right. What about uh, you've sort of set up a scenario that doesn't it doesn't have to be a Volvo or a Leaf. The Volt has very good safety record as well. It does. So it's more and you expensive. You can get a second hand one. About fifteen to sixteen for a for a decent second hand one. So for sure for her. It's on the outside of her ability to commute with it. Like so she's got like a twenty one mile drive to so she'll school. She'll burn a little gas. She would have to either burn a little gas or charge at school. Her school has a few chargers, more in the teacher lot than in the student lot. Oh, that but, sounds good. Yeah, but she can't park there. Well, I don't know. Because it's a teacher lot. She's and, not a teacher. <laughs> yeah, but she's an E V. A lot yeah. of times they'll let people use the E V charger. In a locked spot. In fact, there's a charger. I can't remember where off the top of my head. Somebody was talking about there was a charger who was in this locked lot. In other words, after hours, there's a gate. But if you go on the car and you're approaching that Tesla charger, that supercharger, there's a pin code listed when the little charger window pops up. And you can use the pin code to get through the gate. So... I think that, you know, it's a paradigm switch. If if the school's really interested in supporting EVs, then until they put more chargers in the student lot, they should let the students use the teacher lot. So I don't know how interesting this is to anybody, but I'm going to go on with this because I was having a similar discussion saying, well, maybe I should just get a secondhand Volt as the filler-in car while we give away our other car for a year. For your son to drive around. For our son to drive around, for whoever's in mm-hmm. the house to drive around if they want it. Um, so he would still drive the Highlander? No, our friends would drive the Highlander because uh-huh. they've got four kids and they okay. need a big car. We'd have some other car, right? So I'm like, well, maybe I'll just get a secondhand Volt much cheaper or yeah. like a $20,000 thing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, another friend of mine said, um, I want to show you something here. And he pulls up this article and he's like, Uh-oh. you know that the uh, other car manufacturers, uh, your Fords, your GMs and stuff, are really lobbying uh, Congress and Trump right now to just completely slash all of these uh, EPA rules and to go back to making cars that are incredibly dirty. Mm-hmm. And how do you feel about supporting GM? when they're doing that. Like, uh, hmm. And he just reminded me, the reason that you buy a Tesla, if you can afford one, is also because they're not a car manufacturer. They're trying to change the planet. And if you can afford one and you have a choice, don't support these mother effers and their old ways of doing things. Well, the, most, Tesla. the most inexpensive CPO uh, Tesla on the website right now is a Model S. It's a 60. It is $50,200. It has 19,000 miles on it, 210 miles of range. Oh, it's located here in Los Angeles. It features solid white paint, uh, black interior roof, 19-inch wheel, Napa leather seats. Love that. Piano black decor, standard headliner, and the tech package. Mm. That could be yours for the low, low price of $50,000, Mel. Wow. So are you buying your son a Tesla Model S for the next two weeks? I don't understand. You said you needed a car in two weeks. I don't know what we're going to do. Actually. <laughs> this could be a problem. What about Nissan? Is Nissan also one of the lobbyers to the, to uh, the people? I think pretty hmm. much everybody is on that list except Tesla. I'd like I will to have see to check, article. and I'll get that article, and I'll get back so to it. So is buying a secondhand Leaf, is that also supporting bad companies what about resale value you know so you buy something now forget about what the price is i mean like i'm not talking about a maybach but you buy something now and you're going to sell it let's say you sell it in a year after you get your dual motor model three or whatever the hell you want what's going to be your your actual cost for that vehicle Mm. that is a good point um and so i might just go down the street and get one of these leafs Mm -hmm. oh there will be no resale value on that uh that's fine 
It's basically a golf. Well, that's what. So that's what he's saying. So like here, right. here's here's an example. You buy a leaf today for. Uh, are you talking about a used one? Yeah. Used so leaf. for ten thousand dollars. Yeah. In a year, it's worth four thousand dollars, maybe five thousand dollars, because that's probably once the threes are on the street. Okay. So you've lost about five thousand dollars. <sighs> now you go and you buy this model S sixty for yeah. fifty thousand yeah. dollars. A lot of money. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, that's not wrong. That's a lot. In a year, once oh, you've so gotten much. your model three, my guess is you're probably looking at about the same cost, forty five, right. maybe the same amount of monetary loss. It's just a bigger car it's safer it's more versatile uh it's more expensive to fix um a lot of things a lot you're, of uh, you're killing me. a lot of money up front for <laughs> right. a lot of money up front for sure but again if we're talking about overall cost of ownership over the over the life of a year you might be a wash to be honest with you and yeah. it's got more range he could actually drive it to Oxnard, which is a thing for you, right? He couldn't drive his Leaf there, I wouldn't think, most of the time. No. Well, it depends on the battery degradation. I had a first-generation Leaf, and I would always be anxious driving home. It's only about yeah, 50 miles, Oxnard, but that's right? up a big hill. Yeah. And when I get home, I'd like have five miles. <laughs> like, okay. So whew. even Oxnard's right on the edge of – and that, but that was an older one. So. But that's actually a really good point, like waiting for Model 3. To say, if you've got six months where you're waiting, what is the thing to do? I want to get an electric car, so it's a Volt. Or a Leaf, it's a buy, or is it a... I'm not going to get an S, it's too big a car. Um, just to drive around, doesn't like the big car. So maybe it's a cheap as crap Leaf, just yeah. for zipping around town. There are a few out there for... Mm-hmm. I was looking today, there are a few early S trim Leafs for six, seven grand. They're out there. All right. Dilemma. Well, let's... That's that's a, a really we got through dilemma. one entire article. <laughs> There's only 50 more to go. <laughs> let's talk about uh, Model S range. Testloop, as you all know, is a little company here in uh, Los Angeles, and we've spoken to them a couple of times over lovely, the last few years. Lovely so they sort of, you know, will drive you to Vegas, they'll drive you to Bakersfield, they'll drive you all over the place in there. Tesla, Bakersfield, S- no. not real, not really Bakersfield. San Diego, San Diego, they go to San Francisco Vegas. and Palm Springs. So they have S's and they have X's, and they were the first, I think, the first S to drive over two hundred thousand miles. Correct. And they noticed that there was degradation of just like seven percent. They now have one car that's gone over 300,000 miles. Same Model S. But not the same battery. Now, this is what I'm confused about. Before we get there, this was an article from Jalopnik, which was about the cost of maintenance over that 300,000 miles. And the maintenance cost was $10,500. They estimate that a similar cost in a Mercedes would have been about $86,000. Now, they're saying, like, you know, if you do all of the recommended maintenance per mileage and how many days it's going to be in the shop, because we're talking about, my guess is that once you hit that 200,000 mark on a Mercedes, that's a pretty heavy-duty maintenance package. There may be a lot of seals. Yeah, the Mercedes needs a lot of brakes. I, I had a little 190 Mercedes, and I think I replaced brakes so often it was ridiculous and they were very expensive and so this article is based off this test loop blog which i threw the link in for and they basically did a calculation of how much money they're saving not only because they're supercharging so their fuel prices are negligible if i don't know that they charge anywhere they're (laughs) non-legible yeah well i don't know if they charge anywhere else but it sounds like pretty much they just go from supercharger to supercharger they can't charge anywhere else that car is moving constantly and they charge the car to a hundred percent every single time every time yeah and so they said that uh their car 
like you said, only $10,500 in charges. But what I thought was most important. Maintenance charges. Correct. Maintenance charges was that it only spent 12 days in the shop. And they say that a Mercedes would have taken uh, 112 days in the shop. And that's some of the hundred days yeah, of lost yeah. productivity. They, they said on the blog they estimated sixty thousand dollars on fuel and maintenance savings. Yeah, over that mileage, that is an inc- that's a that's a car a Mercedes worth of savings. And if you think, oh well, that's just those German cars; they're so expensive. They also compared it to a Lincoln Town Car that would have cost them $70,000 in maintenance and fuel and 100 days in the service shop. And the most important thing that they that they mentioned, and is probably pretty close, if you bought a Lincoln Town car and you drove it 300,000 miles with perfect maintenance records, Done. chances are that car is over. Yeah. Like you're not, you're over, you're, you're, EPA mileage has degraded. Sure. Your engine is not doing very well anymore. Down. Yeah, your reliability is down. And they think that the Tesla is good to go for another 900,000 miles. Like They haven't seen any real... They have f- every seat taken and full mileage driven every single day, and the thing is just bulletproof. Still going, yeah. What I didn't see in this article, which I thought I could imply from it, is that the interior of the car... The seats, the armrests, all the stuff you touch, which isn't a lot of buttons. No buttons. Is holding up really nicely. And that is even more important because how many people get rid of their car because the car is breaking down and it's not driving anymore? That's not why people typically get rid of their cars right. because it's getting old. The this is peeling and that's yeah. discoloring and you know fraying or what have you. And the Tesla's holding together. Right, and that's a situation with the car that my daughter's driving. It's twenty five years old, but it only has fifty thousand miles on it. So it's not wear and tear that's driving this car wow. into the ground. It's just age. That's 20, 2,000 miles Yeah, a year. it was literally, I purchased it from a little old lady in Pasadena at one point. Little old lady yeah. in Pasadena. That was her. If you these are numbers good. are correct, then this may not have much implication for you or me. It might. If you're one of those people who buys and holds a car for 20 years, this is by far over time the cheapest luxury car to buy. If you are one of those people, though, there is this is a zero-brainer. Like, yeah. No brainer whatsoever. If it if it has all of the things that you want in it, you're done. Like, my S just went to 50,000 miles. It, High five. It drives like nobody's business. Like it, new. It, it, yeah, there's zero difference between the day we bought it used yeah. and today. And my guess is zero difference in the day it came off the factory line and today. And so one last point I want to make. If you look at the savings for maintenance and fuel, they basically have this car for free at this point. And it can go, they're expecting, another 900,000 miles based on their numbers. So if you own a limo company a taxi company, what the hell are you doing driving anything except a Tesla? I understand there's an upfront cost, but these guys are demonstrating it makes absolute economic sense to go that way and how many more people would ride with you. And so this brings me back to the Culver City Supercharger, which is on average 30% occupied by limousines. They got the little numbers on the bumper on the, the back. TCPs. Right, yeah. And they've got the black Tesla Model S's and X's. And those dudes... They know, and they're doing it. So this changes when these were uh, early uh, Model S's. They have free supercharging. So this numbers change a little bit 
when you don't have free supercharging anymore. But most of the savings here was in maintenance, and it wasn't in fuel. No, it was a lot of it was in fuel. I mean, there's it's both, but you can still get free supercharging if you buy an S on a referral code. It still exists. I mean, it it hasn't sure. really gone away. They've just sort of made a little dance around it, but it exists. Right. Free supercharging for life. If you buy, I'm going to tell you this right now. If you're listening to this show. And you're buying a Model S or a Model X anytime soon, and you're not using somebody's referral code. And it is, I don't even know what's wrong with you. I'll be honest. Yeah. That is ridiculous. I'm not saying to use ours, Laney9300. I am. But I'm just saying <laughs> that, I'm just saying that you need to use a referral code to get your free supercharging. For I'm life. just saying that if you have like a limo company and you need like 15 cars, mm. please use one of our referral codes because <laughs> that way we can go to the semi-event yeah. and report on it, which I'm still like dying to do. So but- uh, the other thing I was going to say, this is why truck companies and people who put on huge numbers of miles say, as soon as you come out with this truck, this semi-trailer, this thing that I'm going to put on hundreds of thousands of miles over a few years, I'll buy them all because it's so much cheaper to run an electric car over time. Right. And if it's if it's 50% more than a truck that you're going to buy or even 100% more than a truck that you're going to buy, but it has less fuel costs and it's going to last three times longer, that's why you have an accountant in the office next to you if you're exactly. a CEO yeah. and you go to him and you're like, here's our upfront cost, but here's our back end cost. And your accountant goes, hey, could you buy all of them? Yeah, exactly. That'd be really awesome because we replace- we're about to be super rich. Can we like <laughs> replace our existing stock of trucks? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It makes me want to buy like 20 uh, Model S's and send them out onto the network and ask 20 people to drive them for me. We could do a deal. I'm sure I could become a trillionaire somehow using you this. You could open up your own Tesla ball. Their website is very nice. You can pick which seat you are. Anywho, the interesting thing is at 200,000 miles, they were running into some issues with the way that the car was reading the battery. Exactly. And according to the blog, they talked to somebody at the service center and Tesla said, well, there's an update coming for this high mileage thing and it has to do with how the sensors read the chemistry in these batteries. Yes. So instead, but it's interesting, instead of waiting, yeah. Tesla just swapped out their battery. I have, a re- I have an idea why. But the interesting thing is, why would Tesla do that knowing, A, that they're getting free supercharging and using it commercially, which was not its intended purpose? Right. I think that's kind of amazing, and I have a feeling I know what you're going to say. Research. Exactly. Yeah. Really? Yeah, oh, you're putting on so many miles. Could you please keep right. doing that? That's a real world You're using thing. this car in a way that we would like our fleet to be used, right? Our Model 3 fleet, our our self-driving fleet. So you know what? Uh, We want you to continue to do that. Although in that case, I would have actually left that battery in unless they took that battery battery and that battery is in another car and being researched. Tear it apart. apart. Look at how all of the various elements of that battery are responding and working so that they can improve the battery system. That makes sense. Look at the connections and stuff. We want that battery because there's no other car. Not even Tesla probably has a car that's driven that far in real world. I tried, but I, I you know, I, you only got to. 100. I got a new car at eighty six. <laughs> you would have had to have done double shifts. 
Can you imagine? Oh, that's interesting. Or no shifts and just drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell yeah. me about this Model 3 charging on the Tesla Yeah, so store. I figure, you know, we don't talk enough about the Model 3, and I'm, I'm starting to get excited. No, we hardly ever talk <laughs> about the Model 3. No, we don't. And so I was driving with my son. We drove, unfortunately, ice cars because I couldn't – I didn't have the time to drive the Tesla cross-country. But we drove an ice car in Missouri. We drove an ice car in Maine. And we drove an ice car in Massachusetts and Vermont. And while we're driving, my son is driving. I'm driving. We're talking about the Model 3 and charging the Model 3. And what about the Model 3? And, you know, I know everything about the Model S. But I never go online to the Tesla store and search what's available for the Model 3. And what I was really excited to see was that all of the charge dongles, that's what they're called. They're called dongles. Mm -hmm. There are these extensions you put on the charger brick that you get with the car that allow you to plug into various plugs. The 515, the NEMA 515 is what everybody has in their house. It's got two blades and a roundish ground blade. Uh, and then all the way up to the NEMA 1450, which is the big four-prong 40-amp plug. They have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight plug adapters. You'll get two with the car, I'm sure. You'll get the standard wall plug and you'll get the NEMA 1450 plus the J1772. But there's all these other ones available now. And this indicates that there is a new charging system for the Model 3. They are not using the same brick and the same wire assembly as we have with Model S and Model X. And I think this is How really interesting. How does that indicate that? Just out of curiosity. Because currently on your Model X, yes. Mel and S, Tom, when you go to charge somewhere at the end of your – so you have a charge brick. You have a long cord that goes into the car. And at the other end, you have a short cord that then has a generic opening to which you plug just a handheld plug adapter. Now right. you have this long extension that may actually plug into the brick. I'm not sure because I have not seen it. Mm -hmm. And so I read on that site, and we have the link, we'll put it in the show notes, that they have changed the charging brick, period. They also offer like a mesh sunshade to go over the center glass. We talked about that. Okay. I must have been ago. sleeping at that time. No, we talked about that because I, that was the day I was complaining about there only being a glass roof option, but then they uh, had the additional. Right. That should come with the car, in my opinion. It shouldn't be a $75 add-on. Now, at $35 each on these charger uh, extenders, what's your thought on the cost of those, Roberto? That's about, you know, that's actually a little bit less than what they charged, or maybe, eh, I can't remember what I paid many years ago when I first got the S because I bought all the charge adapters because at at that time, before superchargers were really rolled out widely and there was a lot of available J1772, I would find myself in a hotel for a conference, driving around looking for somewhere to plug in, and they'd have some weird like air conditioning plug uh, you know, on a box on a wall. And so I did a lot of, you know, what they called like pirate charging. Gorilla charger. Gorilla charging. And so I had all of these plugs, you know, you'd be out in a you'd have to stop in like an RV park. And charge for a couple of hours. So, you know, okay, I'll go have lunch and kind of hang around and play pool and plug in. So I've used some of these and I put them on the video that I actually remember now that I've never posted. No, you haven't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe you've even edited it at this point, have you? Let's move on. So uh, lots of charges. Okay, good. This is from Inhabit.com. So Sono unveils a solar-powered car. This car supposedly can go up to 18 miles a day with pure solar charging. It has a total range of 100 miles. The base model is supposedly going to be $13,000. 
$18,000, for a rain extended v- version. It looks like the Chevy Bolt. It's got solar panels everywhere on the sides, on the top, all over the place. It's from a German startup. It's a five-passenger. The dash looks like the Model 3. And it also allows for bi-directional charging. So you have your car out there and you need to you know, cook some popcorn. You can plug that into your car as well. <laughs> There's an awesome photo of it at a campsite with a plug coming out of the front, like where the leaf is, and into someone's tent, which is a glow with yeah. electric light. Yeah. They've had supposedly 1,200 pre-orders. They want to get 5,000 pre-orders. They say it's planned to come out in 2018. And at first, I'm like, I'm so excited about this. I love this. <laughs> 18 miles mm-hmm. of range a day putting in the sun is, you know, that's fine. Um, it can go a total of 100 miles. And the price is amazing. And I just think Tesla should rethink this concept of putting solar panels all over the car. And this is my zombie apocalypse car. And then I did some math. Yes, it is going to take me at 18 miles a day, 19 days to drive to San Francisco. Yes, it is going to take me 166 days to drive to New York at 18 miles a day. But that's still better than walking. And I saw the Martian. This can be done. It can be done. But okay, so let's just (laughs) scenario this out. Zombie apocalypse. I'm assuming... It started in California. Everything starts in okay, California. Okay, right. And and Mel, with his I can't be in cold weather, yes. is now on his way to drive to New York. Look, right? if somebody's going to eat my brains, <laughs> I'll consider it a little cold weather. I will consider Have you ever it. thought about, I don't know, Florida? Right. Well, I'll just go east. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> just stay upland. But 166 then, days. Then I thought, okay... I love this idea. And then I'm like, there's no way this thing is going to come in at this price oh, at this time. Oh, really? Ever going to happen. Interesting. Never going to happen. So there's a startup. They have zero dollars. No, they had $200,000. Oh, $200,000. Yeah. That's pretty good. Right? Right? They had two solar panels. <laughs> $200,000. No, they built one car. Oh, they built. That's good. For $200,000, they built one Probably, car. Probably, because yeah. it's a prototype. Yeah, but I, where did they get all the parts? They don't have a factory they they build. Probably, they probably printed it on one of those plastic uh, 3D printers. It is plastic. The yeah. whole car yeah. is, is polycarb. No, it looks kind of cool. It looks really small. If there's five people sitting in it, it won't be Joel Sapp. <laughs> oh, ouch, man. Not, it'll, not the imagined Joel Sapp. It'll be baby Joel Sapp. <laughs> yeah. um, it looks really Joel small. Sapp. What I really liked about it, though, uh-huh. did you check out that interior? Uh, this is the coolest thing I think I've seen period on this show okay. is they installed this dash insert that goes from the door all the way wrapping around to the Actually other door. I thought this was an April with, Fool's joke. <laughs> with Icelandic moss. And they use the moss in the air conditioning system to filter the air. But then it says in the website it only filters 20%. What well, does that how even could, mean? Yeah, you'd have to interiorly line the car with a moss We've to make it happen. We made a car happen. out of plastic and solar panels, and we shoved <laughs> moss in the dashboard. <laughs> I mean, it's inventive. Oh, it's great. But, uh, let me ask you this, gentlemen. Can we move yeah. on? Vaporware? <laughs> it seems to me this isn't real. Oh. After all, I was so excited. i got to tell you, I have some... Uh, acoustic panels in the other studio that are made out of fungus <laughs> and they're great because you know they're completely biodegradable and they're totally okay. great there's only one problem with them you gotta yeah. water them they don't work they make your studio smell like the dirt in your garden i love, I love the smell of mushrooms so i'm totally cool with that well this, this is a, mushroom studio isn't it this uh so this car, car might smell like the bottom end of a mushroom this car is called sono s-o-n-o and i just say keep an eye on it this is inventive it's cool 
and uh, we'll see. Maybe this will be Mel's next car. I fully hope that they can get this thing to market at the price that they're saying they can get it to market. Although that price is without a battery, just so you know. What? It's without a battery. The you what? don't get the battery. The battery is like, different. At least the battery. Yes. Yeah, so they say the car is X amount of right. euros and the battery. So the uh, the calculations that I did, How did I miss were the car was $20,000 <laughs> without a battery right. and then $4,000 if you, you can either lease the battery or buy the battery outright. And that adds another 4,000 euros or about $5,000 to the price of the car. So it is a $25,000 moss filtration vehicle. <laughs> That, and it goes from zero to 60 in 28 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Just it to say but reason. it doesn't matter because it takes a, half a year to drive across the country. country. So it's fun. Who cares how fast but it's he'll going? Stay, he'll stay at least a few steps ahead of the zombies. As long as what we've all learned about zombies walking really slow is true and there aren't any fast zombies or any zombies who have the ability to get in a car oh and drive God. it. We've never seen zombies drive, have we? Uh, not yet. Although in Shaun of the Dead, a couple of the zombies get really angry at still at people's bad music, but that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> Look, electric trucks beat Tesla to market. So this is from Engadget. Cummings unveils a big electric truck. It's just a concept truck right now. It has a 140 kilowatt hour battery. It can haul 44,000 pounds, which is a lot of pounds. It's not as many pounds as water have dropped on Houston, it's but a it's a lot tons. of pounds. Yeah, it's 22. A tons. It's a few tons. Is yes. it a metric ton? No, it's American tons. American ton? Tom it's, was saying it's... It's not a ton. It's my. It's my ton. Okay, so it's got a hundred mile range, and they they are going to come out with a three hundred mile range with a larger battery pack, of course, and solar panels on the trailer to extend the range. Why don't they just put like four or five of the Sonos on top of it? Just haul them around. Yeah, it'll take a few years to come to market. They say, and I don't even know who Cummings is, but Cummings is a huge engine company. Yeah, no, I put it in here. Cummings Inc. is American Fortune five hundred corporation that designs, manufactures, and distributes engines, filtration, and power. Generation products. They're based in Columbus, Indiana, and they were founded in 1919. They are the real deal. This is a yeah, real no, deal engine company. Yeah, this is like Freightliner and yeah. the big boys, Mac. So they are, they've got this truck. It's very interesting. I'm now excited. I'm excited to see what uh, Tesla's going to come up with. We think right now a short haul, couple of hundred mile truck, but maybe they'll fool us and give us a much longer version. But the interesting thing about this is, okay, more of these e-powertrain trucks coming online. Tesla's talking about it. Cummins is now on board and they're, they're making this happen. I'll give you a little bit of perspective on this, right? Just the United States Postal Service, fiscal year 2016, they had 16,000 highway contract routes and 7,600 postal-owned mail transport vehicle. It's one of the largest users of diesel fuel in the U.S., purchasing 251 million gallons in 2016 at a cost of $570 million. That's a customer. That's a single customer. Yeah, thinking about what Testloop is doing with chauffeuring and how much money they're saving and saving money on maintenance. Right. What the heck could be happening? Maintenance, life of fleet, it's ridiculous. So if you could put a pretty good size, even a Model X size battery, even half of a Model X size, my guess is most postal vehicles right. are not traveling the massive amounts of time, right? They already have big parking lots that they can put all the chargers they want in them every night. This is the huge market for 
any of these vehicles, the yeah. UPS brown truck, the little tiny postal service, you turn those electric, we are going to stop using diesel fuel very quickly. Yeah, th- I love this. This is more truck awesomeness. It makes me think that, you know, it's really outside of most of our sphere of consciousness how much fuel these trucks take and how much uh, pollution they put out. Once in a while, you're stuck behind a truck that's really smelly or, you know, their engine is, has a problem and they're burning oil and white smoke is coming out. But if we actually put a label on all of these big trucks that said MPG and carbon output, I think people would be a lot more enraged that they're trucks that are all around us that are putting out so much pollution and using so many fossil fuels. So this is a fantastic step. I know Elon's building the semi. I think that's, you know, they're talking to big companies about it, but I know they're going to use it mostly for bringing three sleds back to Fremont. But this is a huge market. It makes me so excited. Um, I'm just waiting when we'll see these on the road. It kind of sounds like it might be um, 2020. 2020? Hmm. Yeah. You know, in Australia, when you buy a packet of cigarettes, mate, because uh-huh. Australians still smoke a lot, twice as much as Americans do, you go buy a packet of cigarettes and they have these horrible pictures of vascular disease and feet falling off and saying how smoking will kill you. I just had this brilliant idea as you were saying that. Every gas car, every diesel truck should have a wrap on it that says this diesel car over the life of it, will kill seven children and produce uh, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease in 20 people and result in uh, the premature death of grandma by 20 years. And I don't, on every car. I don't like the idea of uh, shaming people. It's, it's diesel car shaming. It works for <laughs> cigarettes. It's made a big difference in cigarettes. I'm just saying, it'd be interesting. It's not going to happen. I just had this idea. You're trying to explain to your kids, why is there a picture of somebody's rotting foot on that truck? Don't worry, it's fine. Yeah, I don't know. There's how do you change people's paradigm? That's you know, you know what works. Here's where I was going with that as well. You know what works when I go to Subway, and I'm about to get a sandwich. When you're about to eat fresh, as it were. And I'm like, boy, uh, how many calories is in there? Because you got to watch your calories. You're you know an older gentleman, and if you don't watch your calories, you become a fatter older gentleman. So you look at the calories. And it really does change what I eat when I'm like, well, that one's 3,000 calories and the salad is 400. I think I better eat the salad. It's the same thing. Yeah. Should I get the EV? No puppies killed during the creation of this mm-hmm. EV versus uh, 17 lives but killed at, with the diesel engine. But let me ask you this question. At night, when you're cracking open that bottle of Shardy, are you checking the calorie count on that bad boy? Yeah, I go, for the, uh, I go for the Shardy light. <laughs> shardy light. And then after you've drunk the bottle of Shardy and you're like, is there any ice cream? Are you checking the calorie count on that bad boy as well? Yeah, yeah, or all the, the potato chips you had with the shardy. Oh, the potato chips. Yeah, the Salt the trick is to brush teeth and go to bed early so you don't stay up late and drink <laughs> too much shardy and eat too many chips. That this, is a good this trick. This next story makes me feel really like excited about you, Mel. I'm, I'm, I'm more excited about you. <laughs> about the Austin Martin? Well, you put your name on this article. Yeah. yeah. You're looking at this He's sexy... shaming. He's, he's document shaming us. It's, this is from Engadget. And Austin... Aston Martin? Aston Martin. Austin Martin. you got to use your Scottish accent. <laughs> Austin Martin? No, that's for later in the show. Because right. James Bond was, you know, he was Scottish, wasn't he? Well, the original one. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, the second one. James Bond draws an Aston Martin. And, Sean Connery's uh, all that counts. James Bond's not real. Uh, yeah, he is. <laughs> He's and a character. They're going to go EV, plug-ins and hybrids, and for their entire fleet by the... 2020s, they what? say. Which sounds 2020s? good. Yeah, mid-2020s. Mm-hmm. And by 2030, they say fully a quarter of our uh, cars wow. are going to be EVs. And I'm reading this thinking, 
if you're waiting to 2030 <laughs> for a quarter of your cars to be EVs, you're going to be way behind. Oh. So what are you thinking? Yeah, that I agree. Awesome. They're, so they're working on this car, the Rapid E, which is a horrible name because the car they're currently putting out that James Bond most recently drove is, I'll spell the name, R-A-P-I-D-E. So Rapid. But if you look at the new car they're going to make, it's called the R-A-P-I-D capital E. Rapid E. It's like the same name. And they're going to charge... Two hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars for Hold it. Hold on a second. Two, wait, why are we talking about this? Two hundred and twenty-five thousand dollar vehicle that's due got, out in twenty nineteen. Because which they worked a deal back in the nineteen sixties to have Sean Connery drive an Aston Martin, and they gave them I don't know four or five or six cars for every movie, and they're still banking on that. Yeah, when when I went and purchased my Volvo, there was a Vanquish. It was a Volvo Aston Martin dealer. Huh. There was a Vanquish upstairs. The Luxury tax on that vehicle was $60,000. Did you sit in it? No, it was no. like roped off. You couldn't uh, even get anywhere yeah. near it. It's whatever. Tell us about dash cams because this is big and huge and large. We said a few weeks ago, what, with all the eight cameras, why can't one of them be a dash cam? And you were going to get a dash cam. Yeah, not only was I going to get a dash cam, I was thinking of getting a dual dash cam setup. Not like a dash cam from the front and the back, right? You can already buy that. It's called Blackview. Hundreds of people on the Tesla forum have used it. It's a really good, solid product. Um, I'm, I have no interest in it other than I've been contemplating buying it for like two years. Wait a minute. You can't have no interest in something while I mean, thinking like, about buying it for two years. Financial interest. Like, I don't know. Oh, stock I see. Oh, I get it. Black You're interested view. in it. I have one question, Robert. Yes. Why does anybody outside of Russia need a dash cam? Well, for me, I got hit, not big accidents, but twice in my Gen 1 Model S. I was on the coast highway. I stopped for a light. Some guy with a torn up, beat up Volvo rear-ended me. And he put a couple Sorry. of dents in my rear bumper and it scraped some of the paint, which, you know, it's been fixed. It's nice. Uh -huh. You can't tell. There was nothing other structural. And he's like got no plates on the car. He's like, I forgot my driver's license. Uh -huh. I took a little handheld video with my phone and took some pictures and stuff. And my insurance company basically said, well, who are we going to go after? And I thought, wouldn't it have been nice to have like a lot more documentation? But on? what would you have had? Okay, he still wouldn't have had a license plate well they, they ended up identifying him from the few pictures i did take because i took a picture of the you, vin number of oh, his car there you go but again back plate no I, back plate either i don't know i didn't get to the back of his car because i'm in the middle of the coast highway with traffic zipping by and so the second time is i'm parked at the library minding my own business gathering my books together that i was going to return and some lady in a prius drives in and then basically doesn't put her car in park and the cars turn the wheels are turned to the left she's on my right and her car just drifts and scrapes my front bumper and puts blue paint on it and she's telling me i hit her and it was like really uncomfortable wouldn't i have loved to have had a dash cam and but, blew up. so were you parked at the time Parked. would your dash cam have been on yep Okay. It uh, it so the Blackview will detect any motion on the car. So if you shake the car, 
it will re- it will have saved the recording time before and after it's set. It goes on a little SD card. You buy mm-hmm. a big card. It has a lot of room. So even if it's parked and it's you're not in it. Yeah, it's a $400 device. You can get it installed. There's a guy here in L.A. who does what I'm told is fantastical job, but he charges 400 bucks. Fantastic. You can't tell. It's all powered within the car. And he'll even put in... Two sets of dash cams. So get this. The front camera is really high res, like 4K, and the back one is like 780p, so not so high res. But he'll take it and put the front cam facing front, another front cam facing rear, and take the two former rear cams and put them on your front door so that it doesn't obscure anything. There's some great pictures on his website. So you get 360 view. But it's like a $1,600 setup. You know, I could use that because uh, I was minding my own business when all of a sudden I went down to uh, the shopping center yes. and did some work Yes, and came out to my car and there is a six-inch long strip of paint that's no longer on my car. Oh, my God. Somebody clearly did the same thing. They scraped up against my car and just, I'm like, if I had the dash cam, 360 yeah. view, I'd yeah. be like, oh, now it's I know so who true. did that to me. I had that happen to me once in a parking lot as well. Well, you think about it. You invest around $100,000 in a car. What's another eight hundred dollars or $1,600 if it gives Ooh, I know you the answer to that. insurance <laughs> that you can get your money to pay for the damage? And if, God forbid, your body panels are injured, which are made of aluminum, mm-hmm. and even in the Model 3, a lot of the body panels are aluminum, those are really expensive to fix. But so, in, what, in, in which one of these scenarios, I'm sorry, Robert, in which one of these scenarios is your insurance company not going to cover? Like if, oh, if they you, will, but if you get the other people to pay for it, I think the chances of your insurance rates going up from a non-moving accident is a lot lower. Um, we could get very paranoid about uh, taking videos of each other all the time. I'm just bringing this up because I've been going back and forth. Okay, I'm going to do it with the new car. I'm going to do it. And then, damn it, out comes this story from the Tesla Motors Club forum that uh, a guy, I can't remember his name and I didn't put Nick it in G? here. No, Nick was a, the guy who tweeted, but there was another guy. I can't remember the name, but he was at the, the there was a Tesla event at Monterey Car Week. And like Franz was there and a couple of other big Tesla bigwigs were there. And they basically, I don't know who it was, told him that dash cam functionality will be available soon. And then somebody found this tweet from Nick G. Oh, wait, it was Smorgasbord. That's right. Nick G., Uh, And Elon going back and forth, this guy, Nick G, says, uh, that many cameras on board and we still have to buy a separate dash cam? Question mark, exclamation point. I hope at Elon Musk adds a feature to export last X mins of video. And Elon tweets back feature coming soon. This was August 30th at eight in the morning. So now I'm screwed. I'm like, oh, damn, am I going to have this guy chopping into my car and putting in this dash cam? Or do I wait another month? But this well, is but Elon the time. problem is this is Elon, and he's also, what does that mean? So imagine this. You just got bonked in a parking lot. You came back. You have a six-inch gash in the side of your car. Now you have to contact Tesla and get some footage sent to you? Maybe it's a feature on your dash, and you can just export it to your phone via Bluetooth. Mm. I don't want to be a downer, but um, Elon has promised a lot of things, and if this is Elon time, goodness knows when they're going to do this. That's I would true. love it. They've got it's all the cameras. Though. It's all there. It should be easy to do. So I, I would just... like this, because I don't want, actually don't want to buy a dash cam, but I wouldn't mind having one as part of the car. Although, aren't the cameras weird 
vision. We've talked about this in the past. They're not yes, normal they eye. They're not right. normal camera vision. Like, so that would be the one thing. They are blue shifted. Right. I don't think you're going to be able to sell uh, your your meteorite video off of Damn the DAT Tesla. Right. And you yeah. probably, you may not be able to pick up license plates if they're blue shifted. Heavily. No, well, I think they're meant to be very contrast oriented so okay. that it can see lines. Right. Which brings me to an in- interesting point. I know we've been doing the show for nine hours now. <laughs> is while I, was I need to sit down. Driving around in New England, you know, they resurface the roads in New England a lot more frequently than they do here in California. There uh, were places Quite a few on the big major highways, the lines between lanes, you know, the white lines, they were so wide, so big that I was almost distracted by them. And I realized that everybody's getting ready for autonomous vehicles. And it was really exciting to see. You know what's been uh, really boring about uh, this podcast so far? The beginning? The beginning and the fact we haven't talked about the boring company. Boom, transition that. Nice. So Tesla Roddy is reporting that there is now another prize available to those of us who are very successful at referring customers to buy new Tesla S and X. Not, not us. us. Yeah, no, we're not good at it. Yeah, I, I included us because we're on the very low end of the scale. I actually don't even bother to check to see if anybody's used my code these days because... I haven't been able to get anybody to use my code. Anyway, so back on uh, uh, July 11th, there was this new level, right? So the first – this is in this current Tesla referral program. The first people to get five others to buy and receive their cars got a notice that said, look, you've gotten through five referrals. They got all the little doodads. I forgot, like the car and a bag. I forgot what the details were. But the more important one is that they could get – a 10% discount on a Founders Series next-gen Roadster, which I almost lost it when I heard that because I I would love a Roadster. Do you have any a... idea when a Founders Series next-generation Roadster is going to be available? It's not going to be 2020. No, it's not. <laughs> it's coming after the Y. It's coming after the truck, and it's going to be a while. And yeah, it's going to be $180,000, yeah. so 10% off of that is... eighteen grand. Is that enough for you to buy, Mr. I'm going to buy $160,000? No, but car? they said with every five referrals, you get an additional 2% off. So you could work this and yes. get it for free. You could get it for free. So if, if you, you had got like... five hundred <laughs> referrals, you could you'd probably only have to drop forty hey, or fifty grand. We have more than that many listeners. I can dream. dream yeah, that's true. Dream, so is what your is your referral code also Laney ninety three hundred? No, because that's what mine is. Mine's Rob, Laney ninety three hundred. It's Robert three one seven seven, and you can remember that because my name is Robert. Yeah, Robert three one seven seven, and so the next five referrals evidently came through. So this one group, uh, they have a, a YouTube channel, Tesla, Love Tesla. They got now 10 people to take delivery of cars using their code, and they got another uh, notice that for the ne- now they're getting another, they're, so they're getting 12% off their Roadster. They're stoked. They're stoked. But they're now uh, going to be invited to the boring company, and they're going to get to drive the boring machine, which honestly, I think is probably going to be really noisy and kind of boring because that thing moves at what? The speed of Godot or the snail? There's no possible way that sitting in the seat of that thing is not awesome. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) There's no way. I would like, you know, if they don't want it, sign me up. I will wear 19 GoPro cameras for them. I do not care. Yeah. That would be 
amazing. Yeah, that would be pretty sweet. Uh, excuse me, have you ever drilled a tunnel under the city of L.A.? Because oh. I think I'm pretty much have dude party story I know. for life Tom comes into every party for the rest of his life so hands up all those people who've uh, driven a uh, boring machine oh just me gather around let me tell you <laughs> he'll be telling his grandchildren back in I will never buy another scotch as long that's as right. I live I will walk Please, into Tom, any bar that's right tell us about when you drove he's the, the guy machine. yeah you could get your picture on the LA Times oh my god it would be amazing let's talk a little bit about AI and the new AI director of there has Hold been... on, I gotta get in my bunker. I'm scared of when we talk about AI. I'm afraid that the machines are listening. Uh, whose article is this? I don't remember, but I put it down here. They're desperately looking for more people for their AI team. I think they're ramping it up because maybe we're going to see a delay in the car driving LA to New York without any human input. I no don't way. Know. Elon doubled down on that recently. I know. Well, you know, he has his ideas. We could say he's crazy and he can't achieve any of his ideas. But honestly, the track record's pretty damning. He's done a lot. People say so, I'm crazy. So they, the head of autopilot uh, in a tweet put out the Tesla autopilot email and said, send us your resume. They're even asking for interns at this point. And I can tell you that just being at one Hyperloop competition, there are probably dozens of young, smart people who are chomping at the bit oh, damn it. to do this. So I was thinking to myself, this sounds like a great opportunity for me. And then you mentioned young, young and smart. smart. Which takes and you out that of the thing. Just, I was like, I don't, I don't have any skills. So they're talking about AI as part of their autonomous driving. And I've got to tell you that I've noticed a significant improvement in my autopilot. Oh, mm. please do tell. The people want to know. I got a small update last week and it basically yes. says, oh, it makes your headlights go on at right. night. And then something extra. And then some minor improvements. And a lot of people were saying this is actually a significant improvement of the smoothing out of auto Hold on a second. autopilot. Your headlights didn't go on automatically? It was some improvement to the automatic headlights. And the people were saying this is actually a bit of a smokescreen because there's an improvement in the smoothness of autopilot. And i got to say, I drove from Oxnard to Woodland Hills, which is about 35, 40 miles on the freeway. And I touched the uh, steering wheel once. Wow. Mm. Yeah, I was noticing. Up over the hill, too. Yeah. <laughs> I was noticing cool. an improvement, too. I see it's it's V. 8.1, and then in parentheses, they have a lot of numbers, 2017.32.6, then lowercase ca28227. Why do they have to make it such a long number? I don't know, I but that's the one I think you may have just given away a lot of information about yourself. I don't that, think so. That is the same update I have. I was looking at that. Yeah. And so, nice. Yeah, this improving. It says this release contains minor fixes and improvements. Now, if only they could fix the load error on our show. Yeah, that would be great. Let's talk load about uh, Amazon in New Jersey. So uh, this is from NewJersey.com. Have you heard of Amazon? What is It's a big river in South America. Uh, runs... No, there's another one. It's a big river of stuff a, that flows a, to your house. <laughs> got a book from them. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're unveiling the largest rooftop solar in New Jersey. It's a 30-acre roof. This is a rare... 30 acres. That's like my entire neighborhood. I know. This is a gigantic million-square-foot facility with 3,000 employees. They dropped 22,000 solar panels on there, a 7.5-megawatt uh, installation of solar, enough for 600 homes. This site runs 24-7, 365. That's awesome. Nice. And it powers all their operations for the entire organization at that site. 
pretty impressive. I'm really glad they did it, and I'm glad that it's getting press. Now, uh, Tesla solar roof, we need some um, updates here. So this is from Forbes. So remember that uh, Tesla bought Solar City for $2 billion. And we've had uh, about two installations that we know of to date. Uh, one of the, of the one solar of roof, not of solar panels from no, Solar City. No, of the City. solar roof. Thank you very much. <laughs> And uh, this article just goes through. A lot of people have failed in this area, and it uh, goes sort of chronologically. SunPower tried the solar shingle thing about 10 years ago and failed because it cost too much money. Dow Chemical stopped making them in 2016 for the same reason. The Tesla Solar active tiles right now cost about $42 per square foot. The non-active tiles are $11 per square foot. So if you had a 3,000 square foot home, which is a sort of a fairly big home here in the United States, and you put an 8.5 kilowatt system on it with traditional solar, it would cost you about $26,000 before rebates. If you did it with a Tesla solar shingle roofy thing, $50,000. So I they say this is going to be that, a problem. Though. Go. Because doesn't that, is that the, for the same amount of kilowatt hours system? That's what I want to know if the pricing is equal to the amount of power produced because theoretically a solar roof should be able to produce more power if needed that's what, i'm just curious if that's what that matters. why would a solar roof make more power well because it, there's less waste theoretically you could have more solar panels on you, the same size roof well what it's I'm unclear again it seems that that only 60 percent of the roof will be allowed to have the shingle the electric shingle i don't understand why i doesn't do it I. depend on isn't it a usage calculation? So if you have a really big roof and really high usage, why could they not just put more of the active panels on I will have to it? get back to you on that next week. But my understanding was there's some structural issue that they can't make your entire roof out of the shingles. It has to be a mix of powered and unpowered shingles. So there's still a possibility that, again, if you have a very large home and very high usage, the combination of those two things, that you could not get 100% or more of your energy taken up? It's uh, certainly possible. We still don't know so much about this, and that's why I bring it up. We haven't seen them yet. They are potentially quite expensive. Over time, amortized over 40 years, they may be much less expensive. But since people turn to tink in terms of roofs in 20-year timeframes, we don't know if this is going to work. I just wanted to sort of put it out there as we're following this. We're going to let you know when we hear more. But right now, there hasn't been much more. There's a lot of interesting factors, right? If this roof is a 100-year roof, which I think Elon has talked about it lasting longer than anybody else's roof, will they be able to switch out the active solar panels? Will you have to replace the whole thing? Obviously, in 40 years, so much could potentially change pretty interesting. It's kind of exciting to see if he can make this work. What it, what kind of chances do you give it, Mel? I give it... Uh, I have no idea. Um, they have to get the price down, I think. I think there's so much sticker shock uh, when you go, well, well I'm going to put this uh, solar array on my roof and it's $20,000, or I can put the solar shingles on it and it's $60,000. you be like, yeah. holy and this is And this, I don't know if this is a thing that is about the state. This is one of the reasons why our corporations are always next quarter, next quarter, next quarter, next quarter. Short we don't term. We don't look at the long right. view picture of things. A, in a situation like this, it's difficult because there's so many unknowns in the long term like, picture don't I bring, of it. Why don't I bring my coffee mug to my favorite coffee store and have it refilled as opposed to getting another plastic styrofoam or paper cup and just throwing it away now why don't you i don't know what that means but why don't you do that it's short term versus long term if i bring my my nice coffee mug and i make it part of my day to fill that and every day fill that i'm going to save hundreds of 
plastic or paper cups over a year. That yeah, makes sense. For sure. Let's talk about superchargers. Give us the supercharger update. We're going to skip a few things here because we've been waffling way too long. Go. Supercharger update. It's a big week in supercharger land. We have four new superchargers in the United States. Uh, curiously, they're grouped. I'm not sure why. Maybe because supercharger teams are working in regions, but there's two in Maryland and two in Wyoming. We began construction on nine superchargers, four in the U.S., Ireland got one, Australia is getting one, Switzerland is getting one, and two in the U.K., but this, this includes the Baker 40-stall Uber Charger. I, I gave it that name. I want to see, I don't want you to call it the Uber Charger, I want okay. you to call it the Charger Max. Maximus. Charger, Charger Maximus, Maximus. Supercharger Maximus. I'm super, super and excited so to I see this. And so I include a link to uh, one uh, contributor, O.C. Ryan, who went by and took a bunch of pictures of basically ditches being dug and parking lots being cleared next to a big truck stop where they're putting this 40-stall supercharger in. Boy, does this make me excited. When this opens, do yourself a favor. Yeah. Go get yourself a Euro. I, oh, yes. I'm so That's interested right. in seeing this thing. I might actually just drive out there. I just think we should, do, we, we should do, do a, a drive. Show. That's right. There's no possible way we're not going out there. The real question yes. is this. Yeah. Do each of us drive our own individual vehicles out there, or do we go together? <laughs> well, we certainly won't have to compete for a super supercharger stall. We don't know that. <laughs> I won't need to charge. Every Tesla road in the country is <laughs> to going <come> to Baker. <laughs> <laughs> and so five more, five more uh, permitted sites, U.S., Norway, Australia. I'm not sure why my numbers don't add up. But bottom line, there were two superchargers that were closed, temporarily closed. Aww. And I'm not sure what the details were. Sad face. But I am sad. We're going to talk uh, in a letter about why they might be temporarily closing oh, some of these. So a lot hello. of superchargers. Let's talk uh, about – let's not talk about this and let's not talk about that and let's talk about um, – let's talk about it. I just want to say from The Verge, remember how last week the German team, War, broke their Hyperloop record at over 200 miles an hour? Yes. yes. Soon after we finished recording the show, Tesla said, oh, we're going to have a crack at that uh, record ourselves. And last week, boom, they did 220 miles an hour. Sorry, war. Sorry, you held That's the a little for unfair. A few they can sit in there and play their pod all day long. The end game, yeah, of course, but... is 800 miles an hour, but Tesla says their next internal goal is to do 300 miles per hour. One hour to the city center of San I'm Fran. Sure, I'm sure they're using some of the tech and some of the ideas that were worked through by these teams. And these teams will get credit, like jobs and other funding. So this is all a Group it's, effort. Yeah. It's all good. Let's do letters, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Um, and let's uh, talk, first of all, with John Reinhardt. Hi, Superchargers John. across the West Coast. So John has a Model X, and he recently drove from San Francisco to Canada on an epic two-day journey. And he, he went through lots of superchargers, and he noticed that many of them were temporary superchargers with these giant big cords. And this is what you often see before they sort of build out the full complete superchargers that they'll chuck a couple of temporary ones up there and then they'll come back later and, and throw the big ones in. And he's got some really great pictures. There was a lot of smoke. One assumes there was some fires up there. And uh, he said, this is where biodefense mode is really helpful as he's driving through this cloud of smoke, flips on biodefense mode and doesn't die of cancer. And if you look in the background, there is some nasty haze in that air. That is what my drive through Oregon looked like the Oof. entire time. Why Oof. so smoky? Fire. Smoke forest fires, buddy? Yeah. Thousands of acres of wood burning? 
Do you understand where the smoke yeah, but comes from? I didn't realize that Oregon was having lots that's, of fires. That's man, when it talked about my solar eclipse thing and no campground, all of that. Were you listening? To <laughs> uh, I don't listen to, to this show. To it's that, too long. To that part, yeah, that is my view for about a thousand miles of driving. It's almost like you don't need your uh, eclipse glasses because the smoke is so thick. And please one don't picture, tell the people that. No, you need your eclipse glasses. Almost, at all. Al- almost, not even almost. Like, no, always. Daniel always. Max says, "Look, uh, I got a." problem here i went on to the cpo site and i found an, a model x p90d ludicrous with original autopilot and everything else mm-hmm. it cost 100 grand should i buy that or should i get a brand new spanking 75d with all the options for about the same price and uh, this is quite of a difficult situation but i guess it just comes down to do you want the range or do you want the new bells and whistles? The 75D brand new one will have more bells and whistles. The 90D Ludicrous will have a bit more range. I say buy the technology. That's my take on it. You say it. get the newest of the new? Have Autopilot 2, which is now getting a little better, according to Mel? Well, so right now on the CPO site, so he said he had a budget of about 100 On the CPO site, as of right now, there's a Model X P90D uh one hundred and ten thousand dollars, fifteen thousand miles with full self-driving capability built in. So, there is a CPO for you in the ballpark, but I don't know. That's a weird question. Well, it's hard to sit here and like sort of speculate on what you should do about a hundred thousand dollar car. To be honest, I would get the better technology. That's just my take on it. Uh, what do you think about this? So, I've got an X with about two hundred and fifty miles range. I've got an S with three hundred miles range. And if you're doing a lot of long-distance driving, like this is the car you're going to do in your retirement, you're going to drive across America or across China or across wherever, having that extra 50 miles of range reduces the number of supercharger stops substantially. That's very, very accurate. So, uh, I don't know. Range is important if you're going to do a lot of driving. But but if you're going to also do a lot of driving, would you not like to not be driving? I certainly would like to uh, not be driving at all. Matthew Francis says, playback speed of the podcast. Now, Matthew here is a bit of a geek, and he says he listens to us at uh, not just 1.5x, which is what a lot of people do, (laughs) but he listens up to 3x. I don't even want to know what I sound like at 3x. It cannot be pleasant. It needs to be 3x on this ridiculously long show. (laughs) But uh, I've heard of this as well, that people can train themselves uh, to listen to the radio podcast, whatever it is. First, they start at 1.5x, but it's like crack. It's not enough. Then they go to 1.75. Then they go to 2. Then they go to 2.5. And it allows Matthew here to listen to 173 podcasts. That's amazing. I, I, that blows my mind. Um, I'd listen to audiobooks fairly fast, but there's a lot of podcasts that are just so beautifully created and you want to get the soundscapes and the sound design and you want to listen to it, you can't listen to those at 3X, mate. Come on. Like, this show is so well-crafted. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Not Sh- this show, Mel. Aaron Schneider hey, Aaron. is, uh, I think, a family practice doc, actually. Um, or he's the, is, his wife's a family practice and he's an EM doc. Okay, so Aaron wants to buy a Model to your 3. Other podcast, by the way. Thank you, Aaron. Aaron yes. wants to buy a Model 3 from us. So has anybody got one for sale? Tom? No. Robert? No. Mel? Don't know. So uh, nice try, Aaron. <laughs> uh, he, he wants to come out, say hi, but... Um, I bet you, though, next week after Elon makes an announcement when the X is, or when the Y is coming out, 
that things will change. Yes. So uh, we'll get back to you on Aaron. But thanks for listening to uh, all the shows. It's interesting, actually. I was up in Oxnet, and uh, these people came over, and we had both of the Teslas up there. And this young gentleman and his uh, very nice wife, and I can't remember the name. I'm sorry. He's a listener of the program. goes, hey, you've got uh, you've got um, my, uh, Teslas here. I just wanted to say thanks. It's great. He works for Tesla and works in Santa Barbara. Oh, yeah. And uh, his wife's a family practice doctor. Oh, they okay. moved from the East Coast. And she goes... He really came over because he's a listener to the podcast nice. and wanted to see if you were the guy that made it. Nice. So to you guys. Because he saw your sticker? Sorry, our stickers. Aye. And it was pretty fun. It was great to meet you guys. Chris Farmer has a letter here, and it's about the use of ships, and it's a use about renewable energy. And he's talking about these islands where they make so much renewable energy that they've got excess. And what they do is that they turn it into hydrogen, and they use this hydrogen to burn to do things like shipping. Right, fairies. 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 And this in sounds very interesting and good, but I'll tell you that the problem with this hydrogen infrastructure thing is that people like Daniel Nocera, who was the former professor of chemistry at MIT and then went to Harvard, who was going to change the planet because he thinks batteries are stupid, there's not enough energy density, you have to make hydrogen, you have to have chemical bonds, energy density of hydrogen, liquided hydrogen is way better. And he was telling us for years... He's going to change the world with his leaf and his catalyst that would make hydrogen, and then you'd store it at home, and it was going to be fantastic. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you're a follower of Daniel Nocera, he's basically given up. He said, doing it in the lab, I had it down, but getting it to commercially get it at your house and do this, we gave up. And he actually sold his company to somebody else. Now, he gave up because it wasn't efficient enough? Just the difficulties in going from the lab to commercially safely economically creating a system for you to make hydrogen at home and use hydrogen, they just couldn't crack that nut. So yeah. how are they doing it on this island? Is it because That's they have so know. much excessive? I expect that they have either wind or solar that they're using. They have excess electricity, which they would otherwise have to just put to ground. They can put it to a uh, salt water hydrogen liberator, Right, So you just put two electrodes in water and boom, out bubbles hydrogen and oxygen. And you can capture that hydrogen. And if you're right there at the dock, pump it into the ferry. It's not like you have to store it a long time. You don't have to transport it. You know, hydrogen is the smallest molecule. So this is like everything. I should say the smallest element. H2 is a molecule technically, but it is the very, very, very smallest of very smallest of elements. And it escapes. It escapes tanks, pipes. Fittings, it escapes, period. And if for, if there's any delay in getting it places, you're going to lose so much of it. And so the economics probably just don't pan out unless you have something like this. And this was what I was thinking while I was in Maui watching these huge wind turbines along one ridge. If you covered some of these mountains with wind turbines, Maui could become like an energy exporter. You could bring your, your container ship on its way from Asia to America and just stop off in Hawaii and pump it back up and boom, go the rest of the way. It's kind of an interesting concept. Yeah, I mean, so there will be, as we move towards this renewable future, there will be smaller use cases for kind of all of these technologies where it makes sense because there's so much excess in one particular place and the usage that you said, either a ferry or a container ship or something, that will be able... To, to make this work in small doses, but it's not the overriding solution. Right. Consider Oklahoma is a very windy state. They could have a ton of windmills, make a lot of electricity, create hydrogen from water. And as you're trucking your, your equipment and your supplies and your, your goods from east to west coast, mm-hmm. stop in Oklahoma and 
fill up with some hydrogen. Right, but in that case, you'd have to have some place at the starting point that was equally sure. as excessively renewable. Sure. Max Hedron, I like to call him Max Hedrum, says, look, Tesla seems to act like a tech company. They come out with new and better tech all the time, and then they push their prices down. This is not like a car company, and I basically agree. This is a company that has said that they exist to speed the transition to uh, sustainable transport, and that's why I'm having difficulty even thinking about buying a secondhand Leaf or a secondhand GM, because those companies are not, that's not, they're, they want to make money. Yeah. And that's fine. But Tesla wants to change the planet. And so it's really, I'm a fanboy. Um, Tesla wants though, to make money also. Yeah, they need to make money. Absolutely. But that's all, as Elon says, it's for speeding the transition to sustainable transportation. Yeah. So that's why when people criticize me for being critical of Tesla, yes, I am critical of Tesla at various times. But don't get me wrong. I am a fan. I want them to succeed but I don't want to be non-critical. Chris Farmer sends us a thing about uh, superchargers, and we talked about how you could use big data and, and superchargers. He takes it a step further and says, you know, you can do this stuff with geofencing. You can tell when people have come, when they're going to leave. If you know how much charge they've got, you can give real estimates about which charger should you go to and for how long. And as you're coming up close, it'll tell you which one to go to. So there's so much you can do with big data. And he's like, we need to, because. Model 3s are going to be everywhere. Yeah, and you need to be able to queue up before you get to a supercharger, have your slot saved for you. I think all of that would be amazing, and it'll all be based on algorithms that make these instantaneous. They know where you're going, and they know how long it's going to take for you to get there, and boom, biggity yeah. boom. And it saves on resources. So if you don't have to put an extra 20 superchargers in a station because you can just guide people the right way and maximize the usage of the superchargers uh -huh. that are there— Boom. Everything's golden. And this next letter is going to put Mel in his happy place. Oh, so mm. I've been critical of supercharging for a long time, saying they say you can get 135 kilowatts out of these chargers. Never seen it. I've never gotten above 90. David Ford here says he's up in the pet that is Luma. And uh, they came over and the Tesla dudes were fondling the supercharger. And he's like, why are you fondling the supercharger? Upgrades that we couldn't do over the air, mate, he was told. Everybody settle down. He then gets into his little carry car. He plugs it in, in, and he gets 108 kilowatts, or about 380 miles of charging range per hour. That sounds awesome. And he says, uh, this is pretty cool. This is way faster than the little Petaluma chargy chargy station was before three times faster so the fastest he had ever gotten prior was 120 miles an hour and now it's 380 so he thinks that some of these uh take the supercharger and take it offline for a bit might be that they're doing some tweaky tweaks to the little supercharger charger Sounds and that's great. why we have to go to the baker because this is supposedly going to be one of those third generation superchargers with the solar panels and the batteries so that you can charge at the full speed. Yeah. So I asked on the Tesla Motors forum of the folks talking about Baker uh, to tell me, you know, when it's getting close, because typically when they start a supercharger or an expansion, it takes two, three weeks. That's about it. Yeah. So if they've started Baker now, we're talking about like by October. Well, the question is, are they going to open the supercharger before the whole thing? is? It's easier to install a supercharger than it is to make a building that people are going to be in. That's True. a different level of permitting. Right. People have to come out and inspect it in a little different Well, I manner. want to know when we're going to reserve our seat at the Giro restaurant. Yes. The big Greek, oh, what's it called? The, the mad Greek. The mad so Greek. So delicious. I can taste the hummus right now. Oh, so good. 
Brian Anderson, I like to call him Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. He said, hey, guys, I just wanted to point out that Herbert and the other leasees are not paying the full cost of self-driving. Remember, we were whining, saying, well, I bought this car and full self-driving for $3,000, and I'm never going to see it. And he says, the way leases work out, you only pay for part of the total cost. So if your residual value is 70%, you're only going to be paying for 30% of that full self-driving. But I say, Mr. Anderson, that that's still 30% of something that I might never get to use. So I'm only 30% as pissed as I was last week. But thank you. I mean, but that's nice well, to make him 70% less, less pissed. pissed. I mean, yeah. that is that is not nothing. Less this is a very small room. So. That's right. Uh, William Brown Vlogs said, hey, guys, love the show. Seeing you guys uh, generally care about the welfare of the planet, have you seen the following documentaries? Earthlings, What the Health, and Cowspiracy? I would highly recommend them. And I say, William, I am trying to catch up with Game of Thrones. I am five seasons <laughs> behind. <laughs> I can't be watching these things even though I want to. I'll get to them, but I've got to catch up on Game of Thrones. I'm five seasons behind. You know there's dragons, right? There's dragons. I, I've never seen a season of Game of Thrones, but I watched an episode with a dragon flying around doing some stuff. No spoilers. Holy mackerel. Impressive. There's dragons. David Ellis has a very long email here. Of which he is sometimes critical and sometimes not. But he is Scottish. And he says, look, this is the guy here, right here. David Ellis is the guy that said, I'd like to get myself an X or an S. It'd be great. But I can't effing afford one. And so I drive a gas car because I can afford it. All right? Don't forget that. And Robert, although sometimes you're the smart one, if you're rich enough to have an S or an X, you should be helping to pay for the infrastructure. You shouldn't get your freaking EV for free, you little bitch. All right? So what do you say to that? I say that uh, that's kind of counterintuitive to me. I understand a lot of people can't afford EVs, but the reason that they can afford an ICE car is because they're not really paying for all the cost associated with that ICE car. We've managed to defer that cost. In other words, in the United States, our gasoline is much cheaper because the gasoline companies get a lot of subsidies. Some people say there's a $5 trillion of subsidies a year that goes to the oil and gas industry. So that's money that's not coming directly out of our pockets. So we have this skewed vision that somehow an ICE car is cheaper than an electric car. And I say they are not. It is. But in his case, it totally is. He does not make enough money to purchase almost any EV. Okay, so let's imagine... And there's very few chargers available, which I know you addressed. Uh, there's very few chargers available in his area, but it is it is difficult. There, You could go out right now. You're not going to buy an amazing car, but you could go out today in this town and buy a car for $1,000 mm-hmm. to get you to point A and point B. True. Regardless of whether or not there's trillions of dollars of subsidies, that's what some people can do to A, get themselves off of the bus or, or whatever. It, yes, I understand that there are costs to society, but that's not a cost to that individual. That's true. And they're also benefiting from the fact that there are cars having been manufactured and on the road for decades, 100 years. But nobody buys a 100-year-old car these days. But there's lots and lots of cars built since the 70s that people can buy used, as you say, for like $1,000. We only have, you know, five or six years worth of electric vehicles with a very small production quantity Mm -hmm. compared to ICE cars. That's part of the reason. But I'm saying do not retard the adoption of electric vehicles by adding additional costs to those of us who are stretching to buy an electric vehicle. And if you 
talk to the majority of Tesla owners that I have talked to in California, the majority, over 50%, are not people who have ever bought an S-Class Mercedes, a Porsche, a BMW 5 or 7 Series. These are people who make enough money to buy a nice Acura and have just sucked it up and spent a lot more money or committed a lot more money to buying an electric car. Tesla is the only one that fit their bill because it has the range. And so these are people who feel somewhat uncomfortable, as I do or have, that I'm driving this super high-end luxury vehicle, but I'm doing it because it's the only option I have if I'm going to go without paying for gas and polluting. You know, uh, in one of the first episodes we did, this is a bit of an aside, but uh, it is true. I remember Tom and I were chatting in one of the first episodes like, we would not be having a conversation at all ever about a $100,000 car because it was a car that we wanted. I don't want a $100,000 car. It's ridiculous. The only reason that I have a $100,000 car, you have a $100,000 car, you have a second $100,000 car, is because it is electric because we are a part of sort of the movement. I don't want a $100,000 car. That's why I want a Model 3. I want a fifty thousand dollar car. I don't even. Yeah. I want a twenty thousand dollar car. Honestly, I don't even want that. I don't even want a sixty, seventy thousand dollar Model Three. It's it's starting to get on the edge. I don't want a fifty nine thousand dollar car. I don't want that. Yes, but it is what is available. Correct. If you want that, although again, now you can take a step back and you can go to the Bolt and then think about well, maybe then there is another option, and there is, and that's not that's not a ten thousand dollar car. But then there's the the other thing we can talk about are things like the Fiat E, right? And a lot of these cars, unfortunately, because of the nature of the zero emission credits, are only available in California. So that E car may not even be available in Scotland for him to purchase an inexpensive car like the Spark EV might also not be available in other countries. I don't know the answer to that question. And so I don't know if the Nissan Leaf, David, is available in your area, but they are more affordable. I looked on PlugShare and I found no less than eight EV high capacity chargers. They're almost all Chatamo. And I put a a screenshot to the PlugShare site around Dundee. Number two, I think that there are a lot of options if a Volt is something that you can get your hands on or the European version, and you're not driving a lot of miles, although you are, but other people should buy something like that as a bridge car. The whole idea is pump less fuel. And I thank you very much for your letter. It is taken to heart. Um, I'm not looking to get a free ride off of anybody. I'm just wanting electric cars to be adopted even quicker than they are now. Well, I think that it is true that, that you know his basic premise there is that you can get a really, 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 really cheap gas car and then you just sort of pay the gas. We're seeing it now. The Leafs are coming down and down and down. Some of these electric cars are going to get to the same area where you'll be able to go out and buy a $2,000 Leaf in the next few years, and it'll have 70 miles of range. And that for a lot of people, it'll be like the car to get. And I would make one more plug to consider, if you're still driving a nice car, to calculate your miles or how many gallons of petrol you're using a year and buy carbon offsets for it. I mean, I think that's beautiful in a, in a world where you can afford those. But if you're living... This guy's living literally on $30,000 a year in Mm -hmm. Scotland, where it's very expensive to live. His flat is probably very expensive as well. And he's going to take this additional expense to purchase carbon offsets. I love the thought process, and I think everybody should push himself. But in that situation, I would say, you know, he's probably got a lot of other responsibilities. Get your kids through school. Make sure you pay for your retirement. There's so many factors that go into this that... I just want all of us to be really cognizant of what it's like to live with a lot less. 
Sean L has a really good video that he sent us here, and it's uh, from Wyoming. And let me just sort of clip in the audio, but it basically says, cold jobs are dying and wind jobs are not. The Labor Department reported today that the unemployment rate ticked down last month to 4.3 percent. That matches the rate in May, which was a 16-year low. Hiring was strong last month. Employers added 209,000 jobs. More and more jobs are being generated by green energy. Here's Barry Peterson. Their job, dangling 300 feet up, roping a wind turbine blade. Nice view. This job comes with a view across the Wyoming prairie and a view well into the future. Wind turbine jobs are expected to be the fastest growing jobs in America between now and 2024, up 108%. This reclaimed land covers a coal mine that was worked for almost 50 years. But increasingly, Wyoming's energy comes not from mining what's down below, but from mining the wind above. In Wyoming, the top coal-producing state in America, wind now produces 10 times more energy than it did a decade ago. And maybe more to come. He just bought another 40 turbines from us. A Chinese company is recruiting workers for wind turbines and will even pay for training. There is so much integration in economies around the world. That Steve Harshman, Republican Speaker of the Wyoming House, has no problem with the Chinese creating Wyoming jobs. I think it's all about free markets, and I think we all support that. Travis Harkins traded his coal job to work and win, a decision made with his wife Sam and three active boys very much in mind. When I was in, in coal, I had, I had a concern on how I was going to provide for my family. Wind generation definitely opened up a whole other avenue for me and a lot more opportunity. We'll see you guys. People here have long boasted about being America's biggest coal producer. Now they are learning to embrace the winds of change and with it, a lot of new jobs. Good job. Good job. Barry Peterson, CBS News, Rolling Hills, Wyoming. Doesn't that make you feel good? It does. Doesn't it's that cool. make you feel good? This, this is the hope for, we don't want coal miners to be unemployed and not being able to look after their families. Nobody wants that, even though not. some super politicians have stated that way incorrectly. We want these coal miners and other people in these industries to have even better jobs. I would even go so far as to say the administrations who aren't thinking about these coal communities in the future are doing them a disservice. Yes, yeah, somebody because they're comes they're out. lying to them and saying they're lying to them and yes. saying coal. We are going to support coal no matter what going forward, going forward, going forward until the day that they they can't do it anymore. It's not it's not an economically viable fuel. Or, and all of these people have not spent the last. 10 or 15 years using those profits to get retrained or whatever it is. It's or, just ridiculous. Or somebody new gets elected into office right. who has a, uh, I don't know, a more cognizant and sane view of the world. It doesn't and they even say, matter. I know, but I mean, like, what is keeping coal at all alive right now is politics. No, it's not the only thing keeping coal alive. There are a, a lot of countries. I mean, we export oh, a lot. I'm talking about the United States. But we export a lot of coal to these other countries. We just do. That's just the reality of it. We have a lot of coal. Other places have a lot of coal. A lot of countries are using coal as their primary fuel. They're not going to stop doing that anytime soon, unfortunately, until, you know, the solar and all the other stuff. It, it's it's making 
making inroads, but we're talking about a, a, a lot of energy to be replaced. But it's going to happen naturally, so we should be on the forefront. And more importantly, we should be honest to these people and and give them a future. I think we are honest. Um, the coal industry is dying. It started dying well before the renewables even started taking off. First of all, you've got natural gas and stuff. It's dying. It so is. you might be able to put a few policies in place and hold up the gas and fuel and coal industry for a little while, but ultimately it's dying. It will die. And uh, I don't feel good about these people losing jobs. I get excited that they can get new and better jobs. Right. And we don't want these communities to die with the industry, right? Yep. These are lovely people that are living in places that have been around for many, many years and should continue to thrive. And I don't want them in digging up coal because it's also bad for their health as well. Right. Uh, go outside and build, your, build some nice solar panels and stuff. <laughs> so uh, here we go. Brian McCabe says, uh, we've been talking about the leaf a lot here, and he's like, there's a thing going on in uh, New Jersey where the electric company is giving $10,000 rebate for a leaf. So here in the U.S., you wow. get a leaf for about $30,000. Then you can get a $10,000 coupon from your electric company. Then you get a $7,500 federal tax credit. Um, there's no sales tax in New Jersey, so you can get a brand new leaf, the 100-plus-ish mile version uh, leaf, for $15,000, brand spanking new with the smell of new car all over it. Huh. That is amazing. It really is. And again, he's saying, I don't want a Leaf. He wants a Model 3, but 15000 is seriously cheap. What's a man to do? Again, it's a personal decision like all of these things. What is your commute? Would you rather spend the extra money on the Model 3? We're talking about the difference. At this case, if you're getting first production Model 3 of 30000 plus, 40000 plus, that's not nothing. So yeah, it's a it is a problem. But the reason I always come back when people ask me is like, like you're saying, what is your use case? If this is just your around town, dropping the kids off at school, going to sure, get a leaf, really great car, like it a lot. But if you need that 99 percent car that does everything that you're going to take on long drives, there's only one electric car that is still useful to drive long distances. Grandpa has the Bolt. He wants to take the Bolt to Phoenix to show his old buddies at the golf course. I love this car. And he's like, can I drive it? And I'm like, yeah, but it's not easy. If it was a Model 3, you just put in Phoenix and you go and it'll tell you to get off and here's the supercharger. It's just not that easy, yeah. even for a Bolt, to find the CCS chargers between LA and Phoenix. It's a bit of a pain in the butt. Have you done it for him? Have you tried to map We've out a route plug for share. him? We've done Again, it's not easy. You've got to like use three different apps and try sure. and find out exactly mm -hmm. where they are. And is this really a fast charger? Or is it just a trickle of charger? Is it going to be working when you get, get there? there? And it's just infrastructure, infrastructure, infrastructure. Tesla wins because they have the biggest range, the nicest car, and they have the infrastructure for the charging. That how many times do I have, is this thing on? These other manufacturers need to get their act together. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that was very long, but you know what? We're not done. What? <laughs> We're not done because Tom has spoken to Katie, friend of the show, had a vault with a V, now has a vault with a B. And if you're uh, wanting to know the differences between those two, one person's experience, Katie's in the house. Katie Cooper, you've been on the show before. You were a Chevy Volt owner. A vault you're, with a V. With a V, that's right. And now you're a Chevy Bolt with a... B. Right, very good. You nailed yep. that one. Just killed it. Thanks. And so you return your Volt. How many miles did you have on your Volt when you returned it? Do you have a recollection approximately for the people? 
Approximately, it was about thirty-eight thousand miles. And so that's a little bit over your lease amount. Is that correct? It was a lot over. A lot over. Yeah,、so. I had a twelve thousand mile lease. So two thousand miles over. Yes. So it was about two. It was about twenty-five hundred miles over. Twenty-five hundred miles over,、mm-hmm. and. And then you you brought it in, and you're like,、oh, I need to get a new car. And did they forgive those lease miles? Oh no, 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 no! They didn't forgive the lease miles. Not at all. No, no. They、uh, told me it's a completely different entity. So、um, U.S. Bank did not forgive anything because they sent me a nice large bill in the mail. Awesome.、Uh, about a month later. Cool for them. Yeah. You loved your Volt. You liked your Volt. At the end of the lease, you felt like. This is a great car, but I'm ready for the next step. Yes, actually, I loved the Volt. It was actually one of my favorite cars, but I was ready for a change. I didn't want to buy it out because of the technology, you know, because the technology has changed so much in three years, and it's going to continue to change. So that's why I wanted to go with something new and flashy, and so I wanted to go with the Bolt since it was a Chevy. Figured I would get a good deal by going back to the Chevy dealer and turning it in and getting the Bolt. And at the beginning of when you bought your Volt, it had how much? How much? How far could you drive on a fully charged Volt charge? On the full charge, it was about forty miles. I would say, on like on a good day. And at the end, the same. Yeah, about the same. So no degradation, thirty-six thousand miles, no. nothing that you noticed. No, 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 no. Did you ever drive it long distance? Yes. And. It was good for that, comfortable. Obviously, you couldn't use electricity. The, the pickup on it wasn't that great.、Uh-huh. Like I drove to Vegas from LA a、okay. couple times, drove to San Diego,、um, and when the gas would pick up, the it made this like terrible loud noise. Like it annoyed me so much. It was, while it was while you were driving, after and, you used up all the electrical,、yes. the gas engine kicked in and it was just loud and very loud、yeah. the whole time. Yeah, never stopped. Yeah, but now you own a Bolt. Right, I I went and did a three year lease on the Bolt. And did you get a good lease deal? You wanted to, you feel like revealing your numbers out of pocket monthly? Sure, I wanted to keep the price consistent or less than what I was paying. So、okay. I was paying three fifty with the Volt. Yowza! I ended up getting the Bolt for the same price. Okay, and there was no thought about getting another Volt. There was because of you, Tom.、Hmm. You tried to convince me to get a Bolt to save some money by getting like an eighty dollar a month payment. Because your local Chevy dealer at the time had really, really cheap deals on really、Bolt. cheap deals, but there was a lot of fine print. You had to put six thousand dollars down, which I was not going to do that. Yowza! I, I actually put down twenty five hundred is what I put down.、Uh-huh. I had to pay the last two payments of my. Volt、mm-hmm. because I turned it in early,、mm-hmm. and then the dealership took eighteen hundred dollars. So I put down twenty five hundred dollars theoretically because I knew I was going to get that rebate back. So it,、right. it was a wash. And you got twelve thousand miles a year. I got fifteen thousand miles a year. Nice, so a little better negotiating right yes, there for the three fifty a month for three years. Okay, so you've been you've had it for how long now? About a month and a half. Month and a half. Okay, and you got what trim? You got a Premier, an LT. What's I ended the... up getting the Premier,、uh, which is why it was more expensive. But I really wanted the leather. That was my only option. So I got the Premier white. Has five seats, which is a bonus. If you could explain your experience with it in one sentence so far, just to kick it off, 
How would you explain it? I love the Volt. Um, it's a lot more comfortable for passengers that have gotten into it. They think it's more comfortable than the Volt was. Uh-huh. Um, it's a little. It's much more roomy on the inside, uh-huh. um, so it's easier to transport people. I like that the back seat is an actual seat. It doesn't really feel like a bench. Um, there's five seats available. But it's been great. It's it's quiet. It's fast on the road. It's comfortable. It, it feels safe. Nice. And, uh, yeah, I really like it. So would you say peppier off the line than the Volt or about the same? Peppier. Much peppier because it's full electric torque yeah. going full-blown. Especially That's awesome. when you put it in sport mode. You, like, get right off. Nice. Know, nice. Right off. How long is your commute? Let's talk about that. Round trip is about 40 miles. Okay. And you do that four times a week, three yeah. or four times a week, something like that. And you charge only at work. You don't have a charger at your house yet. I Some... don't have a charger at my house yet. So I could trickle charge at home, which takes... Forever. Do you trickle charge occasionally at your house? Occasionally, but yeah. I will only do it if, you know, I have like, by the time I get home, I'll have about 225 mm-hmm. on the battery. So if I trickle charge at home, I know that I'll be full charged by the morning. It will only take like maybe four to five hours to get full battery. So you're getting like two or four miles an uh, hour? About four miles an hour. Okay. So, but if I were empty, my car would sit there for three days until it was full. And is that with the normal charging cord or you have an extension cord or you just, what's the link? A 15 foot charge cord um, or whatever The it standard is? cord, whatever they, whatever the it The one that with. came with it. Yeah. No additional extension. No additional. Yeah. Okay. So four miles an hour, standard thing. You love the car, bigger. People like to sit in the back seat of it. Have you done any long range driving on it? The longest I went was to Oxnard. So that was about maybe 65 miles. Okay. And so I'm assuming you fully charged before you left and you didn't need to charge while you were there. I did look for an option to charge while I was there, but I couldn't find it in the area that I was in. Okay. And how did you look? I looked using the PlugShare app, actually, and I couldn't find any. And I know there is some out there. I just could not locate them in the area that I was in. There's some at the outlets, so right off the 101. Yeah. But those are not, I don't believe, CCS chargers. So I don't know if you were looking exclusively for a CCS charger. No, mostly just to like a place to park while I was at this 4th of July gathering mm-hmm. and that I could walk back to my car. Wherever I go out, I try and find a place to park where I can charge and also park that's easily walkable as opposed to like, oh, having to pull off the freeway and charge and wait for, at the outlet. Do you pay for charging typically? I yeah. Do you have an average of what it's costing you about an hour using ChargePoint? Is I that... would say, yeah, ChargePoint. The, I feel like the prices in Burbank on their public chargers have gone up. Um, recently because they do have surge times. Right. And apparently every time I go, it seems to be a surge <laughs> time. So it's, I think it's about like a buck 40 sometimes. For um, an hour? Yeah. And then how much charge can you get in that hour in those public chargers? Well, I haven't really utilized them that much with the Bolt yet because I haven't been that right. low. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say 10 miles. Oh, it's it, be more are you going that. that from the Volt? Or you go, like is that your recollection from the Volt? Because the Volt charged super slow. That car, yeah, they did really slow. Do you find this car here? So you're at work. You have the same charger that you charge your Volt on. Mm-hmm. Does the Bolt charge faster than the Volt did? It would be about the same. Okay, so probably no difference then. So pretty slow. Yeah. So it seems like the Burbank chargers are kind of ripping you off a little bit. Maybe yeah. if they're only giving you ten miles for a dollar forty, it's pretty expensive. I mean, if I had to do that every day, that would it would definitely add. Well, up. I mean, it's cheaper than gas. Yeah. But I mean, I guess maybe it isn't. If you think about it, a comparable car might get 30 miles to the gallon. But the thing is, is I haven't really tested it. So the theory, I can't really put that much theory behind it because I've only been to those public charges a couple times and it's only been for a few miles. It's never been for 
a full charge because I, I, I haven't gotten to zero in the in the car yet. So when you went to Oxnard, you drove 65 miles out, you drove 65 miles back, you were fully charged before you left, and it was – did you use that amount of charge? Does it feel accurate? If it says you have 65 miles to go, does it use 65 miles worth of range? Have you – there's definitely more battery to it than for how far I drive. Okay. So, so you're saying that you think that the range is actually higher yes. than they even stated yeah. that it gets better. So if you drove yeah. 65 miles, maybe the car only used 50 miles of range, right. probably some regenerative braking, that sort yeah. of thing. I'm assuming you keep it in full regenerative braking mode if there's a way to even turn it off. Yeah, there's no way to turn it off. Um, I, like sometimes I find that they told me it gets like 238 miles, but if I've gotten it up to, I think at the top was like 260 one day. Right. Okay, so, so that's sort of how you drive. The driving you, you style. You drive yeah. in a way that makes it a little bit mellower. So that's cool. Yeah. 260. All right, so we talked about range. We talked about charging. Driving around in the car, what about the radio, the stereo, the entertainment, like how that interface is? What is your what are your experiences so far with that? As it either by itself or how it compared to the volts, is one better than the other? The screen on the bolt is a lot bigger. Uh-huh. Um, it's not as big as the Tesla screen because that's like a you know, that's like a TV. <laughs> it is. Um, indeed, yeah. But it's definitely like a little bit bigger than an iPad screen, I would say. It is really busy. At first, when I got in the car, I honestly didn't know, like, what was happening. I couldn't even figure out the air condition. So it's very techy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do know how to work the air condition now. Oh, that's good, because <laughs> yeah. it has been very hot very lately. Hot. I would say it's improved based on technology. Like, they've made it a lot more flashy, but I think it's kind of too busy, the screen. It has four different compartments. It shows the charging. It shows a clock. It shows the radio. And you can't save that many radio stations, whereas, uh-huh. like, on the Volt, you could save up to 30 radio stations. Okay. So there is some wonky things about the, mm-hmm. um, uh, the whatever you call that, console, yeah, digital that console. entertainment, whatever. Yeah. And I, I already had to have one part of that replaced, so. Oh, that's not good. No. Were they good about it, though? It happened quickly? They give you a loaner or yeah. whatever? Yeah. Whatever it took? And then how about, like, the phone attachment? Do you listen to music off of your phone and attach it to the, yeah, to the so thing? Yeah, so that is something that is a huge improvement from the Volt. I had really bad connectivity issues with okay. the Volt, and they always blamed it on Apple products. Every time I went to the Chevy, <laughs> they were like, oh, it's, it's not compatible. Our software is not compatible with Apple. And I'm like... Okay, pretty much everyone has an Apple product, so yeah. maybe we should work that out. We're talking about you, Chevy, so yeah. pay attention. So luckily, they did. So now the car has Apple CarPlay, so mm-hmm. you plug in the phone, and it comes up. The screen looks like your iPhone. So you can play nice. Spotify, you can play Pandora, and, and that was something. touch screen activated touch screen. the whole deal. Nice. It says you can watch, like, watch a movie or something, but I don't know how to do that. I haven't quite figured that out. But I love that it has Spotify because on the Volt, all they had was Pandora. The other thing that I didn't really like, though, is that um, OnStar and the Sirius, they don't offer them for the life of the term or the term of the lease, whereas with the Volt, they did. So you mean like it's not included? No, it's not included. So they only include it for three months. Some plans are like $10 a month just to have OnStar. So I'm like, okay, well, if I get in an accident, you guys aren't going to automatically know. And they're like, no, you have to pay to have that feature, which I think is ridiculous if the car is, has OnStar on there. Whereas with the Volt, it was just included. Yeah. So that's kind of annoying because I don't and really 10 want – 10 bucks a, a month? Yeah, I don't really want that extra expense to be able to call 911. Yeah, that's not cool. 
You talked about that it has a lot of torque, a lot more torque. Just the driving experience. I know the Volt is a little lower, a yeah. little sportier. The Bolt is a little more crossovery. Let's call it. It's not really sure. a crossover. Yeah. It's kind of a weird. It's kind of its own thing, right? It's yeah. not like anything else. It's kind of like hatchbacky. Yeah. But it's actually bigger than the i3 because I've parked it next to Ben and we've kind of looked at whose is bigger. Oh, <laughs> you and Ben have compared car sizes. Interesting. So that yeah. she's referring to Ben Bonner, who I interviewed about his BMW i3. Another one of my coworkers were very electric uh, yeah. here at the Hippo Education LLC, as it were. Very green. Okay, so general impressions overall. You're happy you got the Bolt. I am happy, yeah. Okay. We're going to have to get you to do some long-term driving on it to find a CCS in your neighborhood because I'm really curious about it. I'm really curious about it, too. Um, I actually thought about it today to go to Coffee Bean and park it over there at their CCS. But when we had looked it up, it seemed like it was too expensive, like it was going to be $9 or something. Yeah, and that's one thing that I believe Chevy, and as opposed to all the other car companies, they don't include any charging No, and one of my friends just bought a Nissan Leaf, a used one, and they were like, oh, yeah, Nissan gave us ChargePoint or or actually the the EVGo for those CCS CCS chargers, and um, they included it. And Mm -hmm. I was like, well, that sucks. I didn't get any included charging. I think some of the reason is because they made the worst battery on the planet and they put it in the Leaf. Congratulations on your car. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Katie Cooper, a two-time electric car owner. Thank you very much. Saving the planet. Thank you. And we will talk to you soon. His name is Tom. It's Robert. My name is Mel. This is Talking Tesla. Thanks for listening. Thanks to the Patreons. Thanks to everybody who's done a review. This week, CeCe is going to pick the winner of the Win a Sticker for Your Review contest. It's going to happen. We will announce that winner on the beginning of the next show. So people have till like Friday to put in their letters of recommendation that on iTunes? That is correct. Yes. And then make sure that they tweet that recommendation to us at Talking Tesla. Send us more letters. We love your letters. Send us uh, smoke signals. No, don't send us smoke signals because you'd have to purchase carbon offsets. That's the show. Thanks for listening. Awesome. Boy. Ciao. Talking Tesla is a production of Fully Boot Incorporated. Hosted by Mel Herbert, Tom Wolfson, and Robert Rosenberg. Edited by Eliza Jane Barnes. And produced by CC Herbert and Mel Herbert. To support Talking Tesla, go to patreon.com forward slash talking Tesla. To find our referral codes, go to talkingtesla.net forward slash about. And finally, if you love the show, go write us a review on iTunes.